mother is bleeding. At least I have a husband, you know. Does anybody here believe it? So we're back with episode 39, and obviously this is where I would say some sort of name, right? Normally, mm. we assign names to episodes, but... So because this is episode 39, I I want to say... I hope I rem- remember. I hope I filed this away correctly, but I think it was Listener Fred. Everybody's first name is Listener now, and then their first name is their last name. Okay. Um, I believe it was Fred who brought up maybe a month or so ago that was like hey when you get to episode 39 is it going to be lego hair episode since the number for the hair is 3901 so i was like oh yeah good but it also fits really well because since this isn't like a regular episode it's the state of the pod episode so i was like oh it's actually really perfect that for a special episode it's not one of the kids like one of the kids like you know one of the (laughs) yeah so so this is the lego hair episode uh 3901 yep so special one wow good recommendation mm-hmm. so before we get into the actual state of the pod tim would you like to update the people on the job sitch yes so i posted all right i was applying at a bunch of places um i had a friend who works for a restaurant group here in town she had left our hotel and gone there and which tim had worked with she she was there i mean she left for briefly and came back but she was there to open with you correct yeah yeah so they opened the hotel three years pretty much exactly three years ago mm-hmm. yep so she left um and when she got to this company it was just like man i have so much support there's so much training which we were making it up as we went you know as a new build hotel um during quarantine and stuff so she spoke really highly of it i've known other people that have worked for that group and um i applied for a job there and they've kind of fast-tracked me through the so last we were last episode we talked about how you've done three interviews and we we're two days probably the day that we dropped but when we were recording it we were like in about probably the day that this drops is when you're going to be having your like working interview interview four correct so that, that was last person. Thursday. So today, just so people are tracking, it's Friday. Mm-hmm. This was last Thursday. <laughs> yep. And yesterday was my last day of work at the hotel. Yeah. It felt like the last day of school. Yeah. I, t- I posted a picture of Tim and um and stories of, I was like, last day of school vibes. Yeah. So anyway, so you had that interview and then mm-hmm. went well. Yeah. Um, I like the vibe. The actual interview went well. Um. One funny moment, I don't work in an industry where there's been a lot of, like, Zoom calls and stuff. Um, You know, other people that, like, worked in offices during quarantine. It's normal life for some people now. And then there's, like, this small portion where, like, we don't ever deal with that. (laughs) Yeah, how many construction workers were on Zoom, you know what I mean, during quarantine. So, um, I did an interview with the regional ops person. The company I'm going to work for has a lot of different kind of concepts and brands um so i was doing a 
Zoom call, and I, I felt like during the call, he was kind of, like, not really looking at the camera. So as I was, like, doing stuff and kind of talking with my hands as I do, um, he wasn't really looking at me. You weren't getting the reaction. <laughs> no. And we had a really good conversation, but I was just like, oh, maybe there's, like, a lot going on in the restaurant that he's in. Um, no. Come to find out that I did not have my camera on the whole time. <laughs> I told him, I'm like, that is so fucking embarrassing. I'm like, I'm so glad that it turned out okay. <laughs> it was a great conversation. Um, <laughs> but you, you, he showed up and he told him, by the way, I found because he found out later on. He found out because of the next meeting he had. <laughs> yeah, we had technical difficulties when I was talking to the area chef. And one of the things I realized was that when he was on there, you could see him even if it was like frozen but then when he would go to when his camera would shut off it was the same logo that i had been looking at and i was like my camera was off the whole time <laughs> so tim shows up to this interview and he tells this guy he's like by the way <laughs> i was like nice to meet you face to face apparently for the first time and he was like what and i kind of explained i was like super embarrassing moment um i'm like i don't use zoom very much told him the same story i just said um and the, I don't remember her name. She was only there at the beginning, and then she actually left. But she looked at him and kind of hit him on the arm and was like, you didn't say anything? <laughs> and he's like, I didn't know if he was embarrassed or if he had, like, anxiety about interviews. Or he's like, so no, I didn't say anything. I'm like, I had no idea. So I'm just really glad that it worked out and that even though you never turned on your camera, they were like, you know, we're going to move this guy on. See? So, so that went well. And the funny part is Tim sent me a text that was like, went really good. Because so they have a lot of different concepts, like Tim was saying, this mm -hmm. this restaurant group, and the concept that he'll be going to actually is housed in an area where she also has one of their other concepts across the way. Mm -hmm. So they share this little area, and um, it has like a big awning and like a bunch of space to sit and like games and stuff. They call it the yard. Yeah. Mm. So. Um, he had said in one of the previous interviews, like, oh, man, because it's a pizza place that this other place is. And he's like, me and my wife love that. And we, we knew it was trending good when the guy's verbiage went from if and, you know, and he just started talking like your staff, your store, your this. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that he had said to Tim was like, oh, you'll get that. You'll get that pizza for free. <laughs> You're mm -hmm. free now. So Tim texts me. Um, I interview went good. And I'm bringing pizza. And I was like, I'm thrilled to hear both those <laughs> both those things. Yep. So then the next day on Friday, he got his offer. Mm -hmm. They called me the next morning. That's how quickly they wanted to move, which was good. So so um. moving fast. Um, The thing, you know, it, it was kind of anxiety, you know, inducing to technically put in your notice and not have something technically lined up. And yeah. Uh, but it was good. I was also worried about like money because I'm like, we can't. I've already taken us down several rungs financially <laughs> by doing what I'm doing of staying home right now and trying to make this vintage thing work and like whatever. So I was like, we can't take any more like steps down or yeah. so I was. And then I felt like shit because I'm like, God, now he can't like take a step back, like, you know, or whatever. Mm -hmm. But luckily they came in at. Just a little over what he's making before. Mm -hmm. I might actually get health insurance now. Yeah. I've been I've been rolling the dice yeah. for a year without health insurance. Welcome to America. Um, because it would just cost so much to put me on his before. But now mm -hmm. his raise might pay for the difference. Yeah. So we might be right back to where we were. But, but I might you'll have, have health but insurance. But I might have health insurance. Yeah. <laughs> like, so we were hoping for Tim to have 
a little more time off in between. Yeah. But he gets five days. <laughs> yeah. So we're trying to maximize the five days. I don't know what you have planned. I'm like, man, we can go to the laundromat and clean all, wash all of the big blankets. <laughs> Is that what you had in mind for your time off? Well, of course. Yeah. That's the only thing I think about. Washing all the big blankets at once. Yep, I would go to I would go to work and be like, man, if only I could be washing those big sh- blankets at the laundromat. You know, I've got a. You know, what else have we talked about? We're talking about like cleaning the garage, cleaning the garage, potentially buying rock. Yeah. So, See, that's kind of our challenge. Is that I, and this has nothing to do with you or Mildred, but whenever say we something would something offensive to me and Mildred. But whenever we would talk about stuff and people would ask questions about vacation or when are you going to go here? Or when are you going to do this? I'd be like, I work so my cat and my wife can enjoy our house because I was never here. Yeah. And um, I felt like my home life was just on pause for three years. Yeah. It's awful. And it's like, so here's the thing with his new position. He is he's making a trade right now. But it is a trade that is entirely worth it. He is giving up. Their concepts are their concepts. The restaurant he's going to be running, it is what it is. He's giving up creative freedom. But with that, we're hoping for, like, some homework life balance. Like, mm-hmm. I, I, there's a th- the, the food industry is always going to be the food industry. You're always going to work long. You're always going to work hard. It's always gonna, You're always going to work a Saturday. You're always going to work a Friday. You know, mm-hmm. there's these certain things that are just a part of working in the industry, mm-hmm. but it hit, it hit a point of just like, not only all those things that are working the hardest and then it was emotionally hard. That's why we said last week, mm-hmm. like, you know, that's why we knew it was time to go. But, um, yeah, we're hoping for there. there it's just so streamlined. So. And it's, and everything's made from scratch. Yeah. Every, like, so it's still food he can be proud of, but like this is an opportunity to kind of just like take a step back. And I told him, I'm like, I'm minimum a year, but he might really like it and want to go past a year or what, you know, we'll kind of see how it goes. But creative freedom for some, a fucking chance to breathe and maybe a little mm-hmm. more home work-life balance for the same money, yep. uh, more money technically, but mm-hmm. it's, it's, the tr- it's a trade-off that's absolutely worth it right now because... My average day was like 14 hours. Average. Yeah. That was. But like 16 hour days were the regular. Mm hmm. And it was usually six days a week. And it was, you know, we hit a point where we were kind of struggling on kind of our banquet department. We have a lot of breakfast. So it's like I would go in at six to put breakfast out. And then 930, I'd be, hey, I'm packing my stuff up, you know. Mm hmm. Yeah. And it was. You know, on a personal level, it was a lot of fighting for basic shit. Yeah, for things Fucking that we needed to succeed, shit. whether it was hours or hiring new people or equipment or getting things fixed. Everything was just such Fucking a slog. Fight. Yeah. And, you know, there's, you know, the biggest point with this new company is that they were like, 10 hours should be your max. They literally have a system where he can't do certain work at home. <laughs> yeah <laughs> like that turns it off like you can't go mm-hmm. <laughs> so i think yeah. that's interesting to me i'm and he's about to go train for five weeks he starts training on we're like five weeks of fucking yeah. training what the fuck is this yeah and i'll actually train because there's three um stores of the concept that i'm going to be an executive chef for and i'm training at one that's right next to the hotel that i worked at <laughs> um but i'm in there for four weeks 
and the training is like two or three days on each station opening and closing. So before I even step foot into the store that I'm working at, I'll know how to work every single station. Yeah. And then I'll spend two weeks doing chef training at the store and then I'm done. It's but, just wild. There's no training system. There's never been a training system in anywhere Tim's ever worked. So yeah. th- that's just wild. And so it's kind of funny to like Tim pulled up a schedule. I'm like, oh my God, we have a schedule for the next yeah. five weeks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's kind of, but you know, so Tim, it, it was nice that where he was at before he got to put, put his face, put his mark on things. Menus were entirely his. He did fun stuff that like we posted in our Instagram stories. He did Disney dinners. He did Marvel dinners. He did, you know, really cool themed things but after a while that's just not like i know you still got the high of it in the moment of putting out something that you Mm -hmm. did that looked cool and was fun and was awesome but at the end of the day it it starts to not be enough anymore yeah it wasn't worth it it's like you it's wasn't worth it no and i think in the beginning it was and when our kind of our management change happened and the arguments i had got harder and harder and harder it just, it wasn't worth it. Yeah. You know. So it's like, and that's some of the things that people have asked him, like, question-wise, are you okay with now going to something that's not your stamp? And it's like, fuck, who cares right now? Mm-hmm. <laughs> as long as he can be proud of what he's putting out, which he will be, mm-hmm. it's, it's worth the trade-off. Yeah. Now, I al- also feel like I couldn't be going to a place where the food was shit and yeah. I was just taking a step back to take a step back. I don't think that was going to work. Because I feel like very quickly I would go, yeah, this ain't it. Um, but if I'm going to something that is food that I'm proud of, that's still made from scratch, 100% made from scratch, you know. Even if it's somebody else's food, I'll do it because I'm proud mm-hmm. of it and it's good. Yeah. And that is one thing that they were asking me a lot throughout all the interviews was, you know, you have creative control. How do you do that? And I was like, or how are you going to kind of reconcile that? And I was like, if I actually get time to do things at my house i'll i'll dehydrate and pickle things at home i I told him this could be a whole new chapter he's not he has not cooked at home in i can't even think of a time no because that's his he's gone so much when he's home he's tired and it's not even fun anymore Mm -mm. and i'm like you might do and like now you'll be able to do the things that are exciting to you at home or i made rice today (laughs) and he was excited it was rice. <laughs> but he hasn't cooked in so long. Yeah. But uh, but I was like, you might also be like, hey, I don't even need to cook at home. Maybe you'll actually discover other things you want to spend your time on or other right. interests because he hasn't had time to fucking do any of that. So mm-hmm. I don't know. We'll just see where this takes us. Yeah. But for right now, I'm just thrilled that the money is the same and that hopefully this will be kind of a step back as far as just a fucking grind. I, it'll st- <laughs> Food is a grind no matter what. It's always hard. But this, where he, what the situation he was in was harder than it ever needed to be. Mm-hmm. So that was a really long, how long was that? Where are we at? Don't worry about it. All right. So that's where Tim's at. Is there anything yep. else you want to say about that? Nope. Okay. I'm actually uh, sitting down with Mildred on my lap. That's where I'm at. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Got it. So now I guess we can get into the actual state of the pod. Um, so, starting with season three, which is funny. It's funny to think that we're starting season three. Like, I don't know. <laughs> it's kind of kind of fun. Um, we're coming up on a year in April. End of April. Mm-hmm. What, like the 29th or something like that? Yep. I think when we dropped, like, our first episode, if I'm correct. So, season three. At the beginning of it, we're going to create some form of 
some form of like Patreon-esque type thing. It won't actually be Patreon because it um, thankfully it was brought to our attention by a listener that Patreon had some like CSAM issues going mm-hmm. on. Considering that's exactly what we're like working against here. Not yeah. just gonna. I'm just gonna not go there. We're gonna choose alternate. Yeah. Hosting. So yep. I still have to figure out exactly. I've done a little research, but I got to figure out exactly what that alternate will be. Mm-hmm. But um, Patreon-esque in its form, meaning that you can support us monthly for mm-hmm. a set number. I'm tr- I'm still none of this has been figured. I'll, I'll with our time off is when I'm going to be figuring all this. We'll stuff drop. Out. Yeah, yeah. Like what those figuring are. out what I want to do. I know some podcasts have like a three dollar just general Tears. support, and then there's like a five dollar and like whatever. And then people have like ten and twenty five. But every time I look at like their twenty ten and twenty five, I'm like, that's not enough for ten and twenty. Like not what they it. like yeah. what they say like you get with it. I'm like. Okay, <laughs> I, I don't, I don't feel like I'm going above five bucks yeah. at any given point. Mm-hmm. I'm so the idea will be that so okay so just so we're clear, nothing will change here. Mm-hmm. So none of our content's going to change. It's not going to take away from this in any kind of way. We've just had, and you, if you still just want to buy us coffees to show support, you absolutely mm-hmm. can. But we've actually like we've actively had people say, I just can't remember to buy you coffee. Can you, are you going to start? Right. Can, can you start a Patreon? Because mm-hmm. it's just for some people, it's just the ease of like the monthly subscription of just like taking five bucks, you know? <laughs> yeah. So they're like, I just forget to buy coffees. or So it's a way for you to just support. And mm-hmm. then as a thank you, we'll throw up little extras over there in general. Even for like the general support one, it might be just a little, like, what was it? When I talked about um, Esther's husband, I was like, oh, I've got some extra information on him. We could just throw up some extra yeah. information on him we might do um watching some of the kirk cameron movies or the we michelle talked about, movie like some personal stuff too there's certain topics on here that we'll allude to but we won't really go into like heavy detail because it's not super important in the nature of what you know the yeah. episode is we're definitely very open with our personal lives as, <laughs> as mm-hmm. you can tell but there's there's always that line of like oh this would go way too off track or it'd be way too long so um, we think that we'll have, I don't know if I see, I'm not sure. I'm undecided. I don't know if there will be like a $3 monthly and then like a $5 for like some of the personal shit <laughs> or, or if it will all be $5. I'm not really sure yet. I have to figure out what that looks like, Yep. but some of it, the personal stuff, like I said, because it'd be too much for here, but then also mm-hmm. because I'm like, maybe there might be some things I don't want <laughs> totally out in the general right. public, depending on what we're, what we're talking about. Not that I mind our listeners like hearing yeah. it, but it's just there's somewhat a little bit of a control of some of like the more personal things, especially mm-hmm. if we're talking about certain situations in our lives or, you know yeah. what I mean? Like that types of thing. People that could potentially listen. Yeah. Yeah. So mm-hmm. um, there will definitely be kind of those off topic things. Like I said, not really sure what it'll look like. Tier wise, going to have to figure that all out. But um, I just want to reiterate kind of like I, I think we're kind of slow to actually picking up the whole Patreon type thing. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I think for our audience size, which is like just, just under 10,000 right now, mm-hmm. a lot of people would have probably started it a long time ago. <laughs> like, I feel like we're kind of actually late to the game, but I've been very like, like I remember when I even brought up buying me a copy, I was fucking crying on here because I'm like, I don't want you to think <laughs> I'm trying to take, like I take it all very seriously. Yeah. Like I understand money is tight. I'm going to fucking cry again. Like I, it's, it means a lot to me if you send us anything, like it, it really means a lot. What is wrong with me? There goes that record. I just record. broke my streak. Yep. I was on a four-episode streak. <laughs> Damn it. 
I hadn't cried since Joshua Harris. I but, blame coffee. <laughs> but I just want to, like, I really, I don't take it lightly. So if you can or want to support, we appreciate it. If you can't, I understand. Um, I'm just also in kind of like a funky spot right now where, you know, like a year ago is when everything went down with my job, which actually the story, the saga of all that. Oh, man. It's a fucking trip. It's a doozy. That will be something that will be on the the, the Patreon-esque thing, mm-hmm. that story, because, yeah, it's crazy. It'll probably be a multi-parter as well. <laughs> but just in this last year, um, just deciding to, like, jump in and try to make my vintage thing work. And I can't, I cannot complain because I am growing. I'm just not quite growing at the the pace I would prefer. <laughs> yeah. Part of it is that I'm waiting um, on a booth at the local antique mall, which I really wish would hurry up. If, you, if anybody's got ends with the brass armadillo, hiccup, <laughs> hook up your girl. Um, so I'm, and then I was working a couple days a week for a friend who started her own small business. Mm-hmm. She recently, I'm very happy for her. She ended up getting a great job. So she took that. So then that's kind of gone away. And it's not that that was super consistent. I was always very understanding of her being a small business. I'm like, if there's weeks you don't need me. So sometimes we went some time in between. Mm-hmm. But it was that kind of security of knowing that like, okay, I could go work for a day and that would pay our groceries. Or I could go work right. for a day and that paid our water bill. I don't really have that anymore. So I've been kind of thinking like, do I need to take, do I need to go get a part-time job on top of my trying to make the, you know, I'm still trying to build this vintage thing. Mm been living off savings for a year and it is dwindling yeah but uh yeah i just i realized that if i go and get another job that because that was so flexible Mm -hmm. another part-time job won't be as flexible right (laughs) and something will have to give whether it be the podcast Mm -hmm. the time the podcast or vintage something will have to give because i'm putting in easily minimum every week like 25 hours on the podcast now Mm -hmm. sometimes 30 plus i remember when i was doing a deep dive in one day we're going to like (laughs) three days now (laughs) because i just keep getting deeper and deeper multiple resources multiple like it's just getting to be so i'm like do i want to take away from the podcast but i also can't take away from my vintage thing because that's what i'm trying to build to actually give me income (laughs) Mm -hmm. so all this to just say that if you are able to support the via like patreon we really appreciate it because we're trying to make all i'm trying to do the multiple streams thing right now to try to make up and i'm still going to make a fraction of what i used to but it's just just trying to make a girl's just trying to fucking rebuild her life and make something (laughs) work so yep but it sure beats going to work 40 hours a week well tim and i have talked about like part of it was that like for years like, I always took on the stable job. And I'm saying that with air quotes. Schedule-wise. <laughs> yeah. Because food, you you work crazy, you know, whatever. Like, you work crazy hours, crazy days. You're working all the time. So many years ago at one job, when I got into a Monday, th- Friday situation, being like their kind of like head cook thing, I took it. Mm-hmm. And then when I got the opportunity to become the buyer of that department... I took it because then I would still be Monday through Friday. And then, mm-hmm. yeah, I feel like there's these points in your life where you settle on things where you're like, this is now a non-negotiable. What's your priority? Yeah. It became a non-negotiable for me that I'm like, I need like a Monday through Friday, like good schedule because Tim's is always going to be crazy. We need something set for me. Right. 
So then I stayed there way longer than I should have until my last job. Um, because I was like, I need to find something that's better or the same or the right fit. Um, but then now that I've been home for a year, Tim and I are like, how the fuck would we go back to me working Mm -hmm. (laughs) outside the house? Like we went days and days never seeing each other. Mm -hmm. It was a series of like, I'd be asleep when he got home. He'd wake me up and say, I'm home and like, give me a kiss. And mm-hmm. then in the morning when I'd leave, I'd say, I'm leaving, give him a kiss. And we would see each other for days. Yep. So now it's like, I can be here when he leaves. I can be here when he comes home and be awake. Mm-hmm. <laughs> be awake is the thing. Yeah. And even down to the little things, like when he has 10 minutes, he can call me during the day. And because I'm not at work, I can mm-hmm. take the call. So yeah. we've hit the point where we're like, just for, and I say lifestyle as in not a money thing, but just lifestyle as in. We're like, how do we ever give up? I don't know. I just feel like we couldn't go back now. So yeah, we're trying to cling to this me doing my thing here Mm -hmm. really hard. I feel like it's viable. We got a plan. We're just waiting on the brass armadillo. That's the big thing. Anybody knows uh, the people at brass armadillo? Tell them to move me up on that wait list. They won't tell me where I'm at on the list. I even asked and they're just like, well, I'm like, they don't want to tell me because they don't want to discourage me. (laughs) So on a minor note, brass armadillo is a... Uh, an antique mall there's two of them in the west valley um here and you know in the front they have um kind of like cabinets glass front cabinets and there's a lot of them and then halfway through the store there's smaller booths and then there's an area in the back where there's some larger ones so Whitney put in a an application to get a booth there so in september yeah, so we could have some kind of um, some income where it wasn't her having to take pictures and post and measure and detail and write captions and do all these things just to, <laughs> just to drop, you know, whatever kind of things that she's trying to sell. It was, you know, you're obviously paying them a chunk of your sales in order to have that booth there, but... It is essentially passive income. But they're they're open 364 days a year from like mm-hmm. 9 to 9. So And the mm-hmm. people coming there are looking for what I'm selling. Correct. Because I keep telling Tim, I'm like, I have good shit. I just need the fucking audience. Yeah. And I have enough to open a store. Like, mm-hmm. our whole house is fucking covered. Yeah. <laughs> I so much shit. And I would still do what I'm doing with like the Instagram drops and stuff like that. But I wouldn't right now, if I don't feel like I'm doing them weekly, I'm like, I'm not doing everything I can to make money. Correct. So I feel like I could drop it down to like two a month and still start there first and then whatever doesn't sell then take it to the booth or like whatever right but like it's it's what i'm doing right now is a lot of work for not the for not having the audience i wish i had like you know Mm -hmm. so so we're getting there so if anybody knows anybody at the brass armadillo hook a sister up (laughs) or at least find out where we are in that way i know they won't fucking tell me i said i understand I, i literally said in my email I understand you cannot predict when I could get a space because that is dependent on people vacating and you cannot mm-hmm. predict that. I'm like, because you just tell me the number. They wouldn't tell me the number. Yeah. They were just like, it's moving slowly, but it's moving. I'm like, you won't answer the question. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyways. So, throw those vibes out. Throw the vibes out. Um, that was a long way of saying that's why I would appreciate you supporting our <laughs> Patreon-esque type thing because Whitney's still trying to make shit happen at the Dillo. <laughs> Last thing, uh, State of the Pod, mm-hmm. beginning season three, we're going to have merch. 
Uh, another thing we've been a little slow to do, I feel, but I think there's kind of that bit of imposter syndrome in it where you're just like, who the fuck wants to wear or have a sticker of yeah. like our shit? Like, does anybody yeah. really want that? You know. And we were trying to think of how to do it in a way where it wasn't a lot of initial capital that we had to put forward. Like, t-shirts are not cheap to get made and you know what i mean so we were also trying to figure out how do we do it or we're not stuck with 500 t-shirts of something that isn't selling which means well. just not which means putting it on a website where other people produce it and you just get a small fraction that's the answer yep. is what the thing mm-hmm. is yep. but yeah i was just like do people really want this but then we've actually we have people have they been asking, they've asking and mm-hmm. i'm like okay and if we put it on a website where we're just throwing up some stuff and then if people just happen to purchase then it then it happens. Then it gets you know, produced. Then it, that's not, you know, that's no real yeah. skin off our, you know, mm-hmm. off our nose or whatever. So we're working on those. And our resident artist of the pod is our niece, Katie. Mm-hmm. She's the one that listens, the 23 year old. <laughs> the one that, um, if she dies, she's going to miss herself, uh, <laughs> Katie. She does, she's a little artist and she has her own, like, little comic book thing she's working on. And she's, um, we've been working with her and she's drawing up some. Some different stuff for us. So mm-hmm. the beginning of season three, we'll have some announcements of where you can get the merch and what the designs will be. Yeah. It's exciting. Anything Selfish pinatas everywhere. <laughs> spoiler. Spoiler. <laughs> that is one of them. Yep. Anything else you want to say to the state of the pod? Anything you want to... I don't really have anything to say about the... The last day of the pod, we kind of like summed up, how do you feel? But I feel right. like we're two seasons in now. So it's like. It still just kind of blows my mind. Um, that there's just this group of people. There's lots of questions about Mildred. And it always just kind of wows me that like people around this weird planet are asking questions about a cat in Glendale, Arizona. And listening to us as we record from our bedroom in our meth, it looks like a meth den because our mattress is on the floor, even though we're 30, how old are we? I'm 30, 33 and 36 and our mattress is on the floor. Yeah. yeah. And people are listening. Yep. <laughs> we're we're not, happy you're here. We're not totally trashy. We're just waiting for the right bed. Yep. I, I have a certain style. I'm waiting for the right thing at the right price. Yeah. Something that's not fifteen thousand dollars, but is also the I, I will sleep on the my mattress on the floor. I'm not one of those people to run out and buy something just to fucking take my mattress off. Mm. I'll take you into my room and be like, "Yeah, our mattress is on the fucking floor. What <laughs> of it?" So, all right, ready for the Q and A portion? Let's get into the Q and A. All right, Mildred, are you ready? Do you have your? Uh, are you ready to answer some questions? feel like i'm starting <laughs> the first one i have i'm like oh man i'm starting off with like a long one should i like should i start off with something shorter something lighter <laughs> maybe i should like, you know, let me find a lighter one first <laughs> hang on these are cool i actually really really liked our last q a episode because there was a lot that was kind of duggar related and then there's a lot that wasn't you know yep we I got a one, mix i have one question i'm very excited to answer so I am trying to jump around because we did get a mix. And so I'm going to try to jump around to like the various things. Let's start off with the like a little fun one here. Duggar related since that okay. is why we're here. <laughs> so Marissa asks, as of right now on the show, which Duggar little one would you absolutely not want to babysit? <laughs> Do you have an answer? Um, You don't know their names. 
<laughs> I don't think I'm like specifically anti anybody. Probably one of the Lost Boys. Mine is specific. Okay. Mine is James or Jamesy Bug, <laughs> as because he is the one we saw. It's the one we've heard. You know, we don't know for sure, but the one that said that he like kind of tortured animals via. Mm. We saw him harassing the pig. Yep. And we've seen how just he's kind of a pain. We've seen Joy doesn't fucking cannot fucking stand him. And I'm going to I'm believing Joy. You're going to err on the side gonna, of Joy. I'm believing Joy. <laughs> and then he just see he does seem like a lot like in the scenes that they've had where he and like even Michelle like that's why they call him Jamesy bug. I, I, I don't want to babysit James. Yeah, I can agree that's with that. That's my answer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very clear. Next one is for you, Mildred, but she's asleep, so we might have to answer for her. Maybe I'll answer for her. So this question is from Sarah, and she says, what are Mildred's favorite type of toys? Okay. That's a softball. I like that one. So there's been a couple things throughout the years. Um, She got like a food-related catnip toy thing from uh, one of her aunties, and it had like two little bottles of wine they were like little felt bottles of wine, and it said like, "What was it, Moscato?" Yeah. And I can't some, remember the other ones now. It was like Cat Bernay or oh, something. Oh yeah, that's like what that. it was. Yeah. yeah, 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 that's what it was. Um, so it was like little wine bottles. There was I don't remember what the last one was, but then one of them was a little sack of flour. That flour has seen some shit. And Mildred played with it for a long time, so now it's all like slobbery, and um, so she did that one. She also um, fucks, she has a banana that she, she fucks up that banana. It's like a little felt banana that has like little catnip. It's and like, like canvasy. Not, yeah. Yeah. Um, she fucks up that banana. And because it's a little <laughs> bit longer, she can do the little bunny feet kick. Yeah. Cat people will know what I'm talking about where she kind of holds it. And then the bottom feet, like legs, like the, the bunny feet, she mm. like bunny feet kicks them. She will fuck up a banana. She messes up the banana. We got her a big avocado as a being a good girl for her surgery that she's like into a, recently. It's like a cut in half avocado yeah she's into that we have not her her little you know pet pal her little mm-hmm. people are calling um him her boyfriend but <laughs> she's a little baby so i don't know but um sheldon you know sent her a flamingo which is funny because yeah. i love flamingos we mm-hmm. haven't opened it yet we're kind of saving that for summer yeah we we space summer. things out so the flamingo will be a summer gift yep <laughs> okay so now this one is from amelia and she says, Whitney, would you tell us more about how, when you sort of officially left Mormonism? I know you've said before that you weren't even, you weren't ever seen as the perfect little Mormon girl. But at what point did you consciously say, fuck this shit, I'm out? <laughs> <laughs> um, and then there's a secondary question. When is Mildred's birthday? Not her USPS birthday, her real one. <laughs> um and then it was signed. Uh, I just thought that was funny. I just wanted to say, love pickles and tater tots. <laughs> um, so I'll start with Mildred because that's a faster one. So her real birthday is May 26th. But so some people call it gotcha day. Mm-hmm. But we just call it her birthday. Yeah. So we got her May 26th of 2017. When our, our Momo had passed in January. Mm-hmm. So we waited about five months. I was just going to look, of course. Yeah. So we um we got her from a rescue. Well, not, I thought this was going to be short. Now this is maybe going to be long. <laughs> um, 
So we got her from a rescue named Bark. She is not into that name. She would rather believe she came from Meow. <laughs> it doesn't fit very well. It was like the Buckeye Animal Rescue something. Yeah, but yeah, whatever. Um, so we got her from Bark. And so we <laughs> consider that her birthday. Yeah. That day that we got her. But she was definitely a year old, if not a year and a half old mm-hmm. when we got her. So that places her at like seven to seven and a half years old. Right. Not 18. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think she's in her, she's like 44 in cat years technically, which is wild. <laughs> but the funny thing is when we got her, I would like everybody to just take a guess in their mind right now what they think her name was. Pre-Mildred. <laughs> <laughs> Starts with, do you know what the funny part is? Mm. Starts with a J. Yep. <laughs> Just think of a J name for a minute. Mildred was named Jenny. And it so doesn't fit. It doesn't like, fit her at all. <laughs> Personality-wise, I don't feel like she's ever a Jenny. And I feel like when I hear that, like I just think of like uh, Forrest Gump. You think of all the Jennies that you've experienced in your life? Well, I just see, and I'm just like, Jenny. Like, you know, <laughs> I just think of Forrest Gump calling for Jenny. The thing that was funny is that I always said that when I got another cat, I think I'm a good picker, man. I'm like mm-hmm. a pro cat picker. <laughs> but I always said that when I got another cat that I wanted her to them to act like Momo did when I first met Momo. Like super eager. Momo picked you. Oh, 100%. The funny thing about Momo is it was like a fucking... It was like the universe, the stars, everything aligned. So my dad had just up and left, like literally told us one night and the next day I came home from school and all his shit was gone. Mm -hmm. And because my... For context for them, how old were you? 16. There you go. So I had been like... My dad hated... We had some stray cats that we took care of at our old house before we moved. Dad fucking hated him. My mom called nicknamed him the cat kicker because he fucking hated them. So after we moved like away from those stray cats and we took one and they ran away and it was, Mm -hmm. it's a whole fucking thing, but we never had any since then. And because Mm -hmm. my dad had just left, I was like, I remember saying to my mom, Oh, I I think I'd like a cat now. And then like, literally if it wasn't the next day, it was the next day. My (laughs) sister and I got home. It was like late at night. I just remember like getting out of the car and in the dark with like the, the street light. Just like the shadow of a little cat running up the driveway and running right up to me. And it was little Momo. And she was standing up on her hind legs to have her head touch my hand because she wanted to be pet so bad. She showed up every night at the same time. She'd stand up in the window because we had kind of like a low window by the dining Mm -hmm. room. She'd stand up and look in the window. She would bump, you know, do anything to bump your hand. Like she was so eager and just like so sweet. Mm -hmm. And then it was just perfect. I left for a month because that was around the summer. I left to go stay with my sister because when all the shit was going down, my sister was like, come stay with me for the summer. Yeah. In Tennessee. And so my mom was like, I'm going to, I'm going to watch this cat while you're gone. And I was like, I hope she's still there. And when I came home, she was still there (laughs) and she became like just mine. Like she Mm -hmm. was my baby. So, um, I always said that the next cat, I need them to act like Momo and I'll know that they're the right cat. Mm -hmm. So the funny part is little Jenny, (laughs) All these other cats were awake behind the glass. Jenny was asleep. Yep. But I still just like zeroed in and I was like, I want to see this one. Like Mm -hmm. there was just something about her even completely asleep where I was like, I need to see this one. So we go into the little room. The second they open up, she is so lovey. 
she was all she was doing all the momo things Mm -hmm. standing on her legs like and i was like this is it she's the one (laughs) and look at you now kid you hit the damn jackpot we'll have to post the picture of her behind the glass she looks so different she's so dark (laughs) she looks dark and she just looks i don't know it looks really different Mm -hmm. (laughs) um that probably was more than they're asking but they got the story (laughs) they asked her age and they got the whole story of momo and mildred yep all right so you mormonism okay go so how do i officially how did i officially leave mormonism so i feel like i'm kind of lucky in the sense that any of my trauma for the lack of word or hurt that comes from religion it more so stems from my feeling of being judged or not being good enough but also just like its general effects on my family Mm -hmm. just kind of my dad um my dad put religion over prioritized religion over us and and any every way you could his time his money his priorities everything so that that's probably where my my hurt like you know more comes from but as far as like leaving so when i was a kid I, I can honestly say I never felt like I fully was in it. Mm-hmm. Like when I was young, as a little kid, it was just a place we went and a thing we did. Right. And then as I got older, probably like 10, 11, that was when I started going. Like you know, when I talked in that previous episode about like people saying that they felt the spirit or felt God or whatever. And I was like, what is that? I don't know what that feels right. like. And then when I was like, oh, maybe this is like music, how I felt with music is the most way I mm-hmm. could like equate the two. Yeah. But I think around that age is when I started realizing that I just don't feel or yearn for these things that other people are talking about. Mm-hmm. So I just, so I just kind of became aware of that. Like I was like, all these girls are talking about, I just want to get married in the temple. And I was just like, that has never once crossed my mind. Like right. <laughs> it was never a priority for me. I never um was concerned or felt like i was going to hell like Mm -hmm. like i guess mormons they don't believe in heaven and hell they believe in three kingdoms but same idea you know Mm -hmm. whatever i don't remember ever that being a concern i was never worried (laughs) about my salvation i never i think it i don't know i just it felt like it wasn't wasn't really a thing for me and then i got a little bit older and then I just started going, like, seeing, like, some hypocrisy. Mm-hmm. And then I think that's when I really settled into, oh, no, I just don't, this isn't for me. This like, ain't for me. This yeah. isn't, I don't believe this. I just, it's, it's not my, bl- and so it kind of also made me wonder, like, do some people, is it a personality thing? Do some people's personality, like, I kind of almost feel, like, out of the womb, I wasn't looking for a belief system. <laughs> you know right. I mean? Like, I don't, like, I feel like it's inherently in me almost where it's like, because it was never really an issue with me. Like, I don't feel like, I just don't feel like I'm that person. Like, I don't yeah. need. What's your purpose? I don't feel like, I, I don't feel like <laughs> I need to know where I came from. I don't feel like I need to know where I go. I don't mm-hmm. feel like, I just, none of that matters to me. Yeah. And I know that that blows some people's mind, but it's just like, it just. Has n- even growing up deeply surrounded by it, it was never a thing for me. Mm-hmm. So I actually feel very lucky. So then as I got older, I was just like, I'm actively not <laughs> not interested, which is where it came off probably bad on the out. Because my dad was always, 
like pro like more like pro had more prolific callings because when you're mormon it's callings and you know mm-hmm. in the church until we moved when i was nine from the time i was born my dad was a bishop so i grew up a whole my whole childhood i, I was a bishop's daughter which is mm-hmm. essentially like being the preacher or the pastor's daughter mm-hmm. somewhere else so i grew up and then when we moved my dad was not bishop but he was one of the counselors because it's like the bishop and then the three counselors mm-hmm. he was a counselor for a very short while and then he be- went on high council which is even higher than that so it's like i grew up in this situation where my dad was always pretty higher up in these like callings mm-hmm. but we were just like the big disappointment <laughs> you know? oh like, yeah but you know i even had like my sister right above me who's um who's a friend of hers from church and school um was the actual bishop's daughter at one point and like her she ended up finding out that the parents were like don't hang out with her which is so funny <laughs> because like i mean i'm not saying any of us are fucking perfect but we were not bad kids that's all i'm saying but that's so for just- some for some additional context there there's four daughters there's four girls and all of them, we always make the joke that like none of them got pregnant in their teens, which is not even a bad thing. Like I correct, don't even, like I correct. just want to reiterate that even that I'm just saying what the outside would think of as bad. Correct. I'm not. Yeah. I don't even judge that. I don't give a shit. Like yeah. you know, whatever you do, whatever. But, but in that window of, of what they would consider what, bad, yeah, yeah, and exactly. a bad example, more specifically, yeah. of all the things that you guys could have been doing at the time. You guys we were all we weren't fine. Doing dr- we weren't doing drugs. We weren't going to parties. We weren't, and I don't think that it's even bad for a kid in high school to go to a party and drink. Like I don't even care, but right. I still wasn't even doing those things. Yeah, but because they weren't hyper, because hyper, we weren't enthusiastic at church. There you go. Yeah, we were seen as like the the bad kids. Mm-hmm. I could go on and on about stories, but I won't for now. But um, yeah, so it's like even people's parents were like oh be careful around that like we were doing something fucking seedy it, that's what someone's and that's when i was just like this is so fucking hypocritical just yeah. because i don't subscribe to your exact and i don't have the level of enthusiasm you would think that i should have we're bad kids yeah it's in the verbiage of mlk it's the it's not about the content of your character it's about the fact that you're not all hyped up about this club that they belong to yeah you know so i felt like i became very aware of that and then i just kind of wasn't having it (laughs) and there's multiple things i think that by being kid i'm the last and you know i'm the fourth kid Mm -hmm. i think by number four your the parents get broken down a little bit (laughs) you know what i mean like one of my favorite jim gaffigan jokes he came from a family of six kids and he was like the first kid is named after grandma the sixth kid is named after a sandwich you had. <laughs> Reuben. And he goes, go get your brother, Reuben. It's <laughs> so funny. But I think that by me, like, because my oldest sister, she really, she she came out, she came out of the gate pretty good. She got married at 18 to a non-member when my dad was bishop. And my dad called him into the office and said he needed to be Mormon. That's a whole story. Um, if you're going to marry her, you need to be Mormon. He was like, nope. And then they got married anyway. <laughs> so there was that. So at our, the sister above me wedding our oldest sister walked around and she was like oh, i paved the way for this <laughs> yeah, oh yeah <laughs> she yeah. had her drink and she was like oh yeah she I was paved the 
way. Feeling good and swinging it around. It was pretty funny. So um, by me, there's a definite breakdown. I'm not saying it was all me. Yeah. Like you're, they're a little tired by four. There's there's yeah. been some fighting, right? But um, I also just wasn't fucking having it. Yeah. And by then, my mom started sticking up for me a little bit when she yeah. had it for the others. Mm-hmm. Like my mom again to that story of my oldest sister and her fiance. You know, mm-hmm. um, they're both te- fucking teenagers. But um, him being like calling him in and saying you need to be like mormon to marry my daughter and him being like nope my mom was in that here's the funny thing my dad was bishop he called him into his bishop's office he didn't call he didn't have him come over to the house it was my dad doing this power play of like that's the only place i'm gonna be the bishop Mm -hmm. at the church and you're gonna come see me in my bishop's office so fucking weird yeah because he wasn't it doesn't sound like he was that person at all any in any other arena of his life that was the only place that he had confidence and power. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I remember my mom, and then hearing it from somebody else too, that my mom sat through all of this, and then apparently, like, went walking out. She went over and she put, like, her like her hand on his cheek of my brother-in-law. Like a, sorry. You know what I mean? Like an unspoken. <laughs> like an unspoken, like, sorry. Sorry, my husband's a douchebag. <laughs> yeah. yeah. She didn't say anything, but that was her gesture of, like, I got you. <laughs> Sorry, this all yeah. happened, but she didn't speak up. So then by me, so that was kid one. By me, my mom did start speaking up a little. Mm-hmm. And I just kind of resisted some of the, some of the status quo stuff. Like in Mormonism, kids go to seminary in high school, which is church class before you go to high school. So it's at like six o'clock in the morning and you go to, if you, some schools have it worked in if the, if the um, church is right by the school. They actually will let you take it as a class. But um, for us, it was like you go to the church at six o'clock in the morning. You have church class Monday through Friday before you go to school. It's a whole fucking I flat out fucking refused. All three of my older sisters went to it. I don't think any of them graduated it, which was a big dishonor on my father. They and have, his cow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, because that's a whole thing. Like he he expected everybody. I don't think I don't think any of my sisters graduated. I'll have to double check. <laughs> but I flat out fucking refused to go, and I was like, I'm not like doing it. Locked yourself in the bathroom. Oh no, that's a different time. Oh. Okay. But I was like, nope, I'm not doing it. And he he tried to push it, and that's when my mom was like, no, she doesn't want to. And my mom was like, she has social anxiety. I'm like, she ain't wrong, but I also don't want to go either. <laughs> yeah. Um. So like I I flat out refused that, and like Tim was saying. I just started like fucking locking myself in the bathroom. Mm-hmm. Like my dad would try to wake me up to take me to certain church things. And I just locked myself in the bathroom. Mm-hmm. And I, I, the funny part is I didn't even like my dad would be banging on the door and I remember him yelling. And I think at first, I think like once I'd be like, I'm not going. But the rest of the time I was fucking silent. <laughs> like I needled him by being silent. Mm-hmm. I sat, I remember sit so vividly before mm-hmm. cell phones, right? I remember sitting on the edge of the bathtub and like reading the back of shampoo bottles <laughs> because there was nothing else to do. And I was just waiting out him leaving the house. Mm-hmm. And so he'd be like, I'm still blah, blah. And he'd be like banging on the door and screaming at me. I didn't fucking budge. And um, because so, that was supposed to make you want to go. Really? Yeah, that really yeah. that really works. Yeah. So in Mormonism, the guys all wear white shirts. Like you can tell you're not real. You might be new there if you're wearing a colored shirt. Like, they all wore white, crisp shirts. So my dad was always ironing 
his church shirts. So he's trying to get me to go to this place. And um, the bathroom where I was locked myself into was very close to where he was ironing. And I just remember the sounds of him like rage ironing. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like the... Like, and him, like, setting it down, you know, like, he'd go for a little bit, and then he'd, like, slam it down on the ironing board, and he's, like, muttering and mumbling, and I'm just sitting there fucking reading shampoos, like, you know, going on with my life. And I do remember my mom coming out and, like, finally yelling, like, you're not going to get her to go. Just stop it. And, like, or whatever. Yeah. So, I did have my mom on my side more than my sisters did, but I also was just, like, ain't fucking doing it. Your mom's always been relatively progressive socially yeah. um, in a lot of ways than, I think, the upbringing that she had. Well, my mom – well, the, the funny part is my mom's still very much in it. My mom has a temple calling every Saturday, <laughs> just to put it into context. Right. But then this is also my mother who um, – like, she, yeah, like, she doesn't care. Like, yeah. so basically what it is is that my – my dad left when I was 16, which is a whole other story. A very abrupt, crazy story. Mm-hmm. I probably went... I think I always just say, oh, I, my dad left when I was 16 and I never stepped foot back in church after that. I think I went for a little bit afterwards just to kind of help my mom like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like taper off a little bit. <laughs> but it was not long after that I just stopped going and she didn't make me go. And right. I'm forever grateful for that. So yeah. really, I'm at a point in my life right now because I'm 33. My life is split in half. It is funny. I realized not too long. I'm like, oh, my life is in half. There was like the half that was in church and now the half like mm-hmm. out of church. Yeah. But um, yeah, I just never went back. But <laughs> back on my mom. So she has this like calling. But she not only is she still very Mormon, <laughs> but she's kind of not <laughs> like i don't know oh, yeah. like she's not at the same time we could we could talk about this for forever that would go on to another thing <laughs> but um for being a 71 year old boomer mormon she's very progressive it's very interesting <laughs> like yep. she even texts me like if i tell her something or she'll reply to reply to my stories when i talk about how my day would go at my job and she'll be like girl you need a cocktail <laughs> so this <laughs> not normal verbiage for a mormon 71 year old yeah so yeah. she doesn't partake herself but she's very much girl you need a cocktail so crack open a cold diet coke that one. Oh yeah That's- and there was a point of our marriage where we actually lived with whitney's mom so i have this weird in a good way relationship with my mother-in-law so there's just a lot of little things. She's that... a she's a funny, interesting lady. Yeah. We have deep, deep issues in some ways, but mm-hmm. she's an interesting lady. Yeah, yeah. But I guess that was all a long way of saying that compared to some people, I feel very lucky because I feel like when you have a deep seated belief, and then later on you kind of, for to use their own words, the deconstruction and and the disentangling Disentangling. of of ginger i feel like that's harder on people because you're looking at something that you so believed in and then now we're looking at it through a different lens and you're having to undo all that i didn't have to undo anything because i was never i had a very brief period when i was probably like i remember it was in sixth grade in sixth grade where i remember thinking i have to decide right now if i'm going to be a good or bad person yeah but I still see, even looking back at that, it had nothing to do with actual, like, theology and doctrine. Mm-hmm. It was the judgment. Yeah. It was feeling judged mm-hmm. by my dad, by people. Yep. Like, whatever it was. It mm-hmm. wasn't actually me being, like, I'm actually concerned about my salvation. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was different. Yeah. So, 
I, if mine comes from a place of feeling not good enough and judged and not a priority, people who believed in it deeply have those same, can have those same feelings. Correct. So I had those minus this deep belief that I had to deconstruct from, from a, Correct. from a lack of a better term. Mm-hmm. So in that sense, I'm very lucky that it didn't hit me as hard on those levels. I just have this like, mostly my dad aspect, <laughs> like, yeah. you know, or like whatever. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so that's kind of. A good really question. long way of me and Mormonism. <laughs> and Momo. Yep. <laughs> Maybe I should go for a shorter one next. That was a me, long one. Mormonism and Momo. The Whitney Salgado story. <laughs> All the M's. And Mildred, Mormonism, yep. Momo, Mildred. Yep. Okay, next. That will not be as long. <laughs> Savannah asks, do you snark on any other fundies? There's some primo snark material with some of Anna's in-laws. And yes, there sure is. (laughs) So my answer to that Uh. is that, like, we do get a lot of questions. People being like, can you talk about the baits? Can you talk about the so-and-so? You know, like, whatever. So here's the thing. And I've actually had a lot of people be like, can you do a baits podcast? We do not, time schedule-wise, the work. I I told you I put in 30 hours a week into this. I I can't do two podcast right now Mm -hmm. but what i can say is that i do fully have a plan to cover some of these other funny families but it's in the context of a time and way that makes sense yeah which i know is frustrating because we want either because we want to talk about it now but there's a million top topics we want to talk Mm -hmm. about now but it'll be either in ways that they are in the show so for example for the baits we will cover baits things as we see baits in episodes yeah so that's how we'll cover them. Um, and some of the other ones, as they pop up in the background or in things, they will talk about them. Some of them, even if we don't see them in the show, I will relate to them where they were in a timeline-wise and bring them in. So we will definitely touch on some of these other yeah. fundy families that are such a treasure to us all. Winnie slowly gives me little like IV drips of, like, check out this family, check this out, so... I don't personally really consume any of that or am on Reddit or on anything, but I get my little drip feed. Yep. (laughs) So this next one is from Electra. If I remember, she's from uh, the birthplace of yoga. I remember. Wasn't that what she said last Q&A? I think so. Yeah. 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 Um, In California. So Electra says, this question is for Tim. Is the line in the question... Line in the kitchen as insane as they make it look on Top Chef in real life. Question two. Does the first question make sense? (laughs) (laughs) It does. I think um, whenever I have people ask me about being a chef or like working in the industry, they always, the question that always comes from somebody who's never worked in food services is, is it fun? Or I'll give you an example. I was at the comic book shop and um, I was at the one like, a block away from the hotel and I overheard a woman asking the owner of the comic book shop about restaurants in the area. And he was like, well, yeah, there's this place and this place. And then I caught eyes with them and I was like, Alter Ego's pretty good. And she was like, oh, really? Where is that? And the owner started laughing. And then I kind of started explaining it. And she was like, oh, yeah. That's Tim's old restaurant, by the yeah. way. One of his pretty, old restaurants. Pretty good place. And I was like, well, I'm the chef of it. So I think it's pretty good, you know. <laughs> um, and she was like, so you work in the industry. We kind of started talking a little bit. And she was like, 
yeah, you know, I cook a lot at home. You know, my parents, you know, jokingly call me a chef. Like, I've thought about doing that as a career. And I'm like, oh, honey, if if you make some food at home and that's why people are like, you should be a chef, there's a little dash of reality there that's a little bit different, you know. It can be a jumping off point. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But I do think that there is a there is a reality people don't. Like, even when Tim and I were in culinary school together, we joked and we're like, they're not going to make it. They're no. not going to make You could tell who was here for the, what they thought it was going to be, some sort of, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, ooh, they are not going to do it. Yeah. And you could, yeah, you could look it up later and they they didn't make it. Like, you no. know, like it's, it's rough. It is rough. So, yes, it is yeah. pretty. <laughs> so, I guess that's a long way for me to say, even Top Chef isn't realistic to like the day-to-day because of the nature of what the show is but it's a very good representation of how hard these people work i love top chef it's a representation of the hustle there you go i feel like it shows the hustle and having to move quick and to think on your you know think fast yeah but like i don't know like with tim like he has to work through so many problems in a day that (laughs) like (laughs) yeah it's and it's um, that's kind of a good representation of like you're constantly pivoting yeah and the example I'll give you is I walked in on my last day. And I walked in. It had been a pretty slow breakfast. Our order had just gotten in. So we had boxes and boxes of stuff everywhere. And we're having to put stuff away. And then the cook calls me over and goes, Hey, chef, just letting you know our fryer hasn't worked all morning. And I'm like, okay, did you call engineering? Did you? Yep, I talked to him. Okay, all right. Now I need to figure out what engineering did. Now I need to figure So on a level of that you kind of feel like macgyver where you're constantly having to like roll with the punches and be like okay well that's not going to work what are we going to do instead what are we going to do to try to make sure that like the guest experience is as good as it can be so like when we go out somewhere and i'm like hey can i get blah 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 and they're like oh sorry we're actually out of that i don't i never get mad (laughs) you're like something's happening (laughs) yeah because i've ordered tons of food from the place and five of the things that we needed didn't show up you know what i mean so well i just feel like maybe this is off topic to the original question but just talking about chefing in general you become so adaptive and you're and you just you macgyver things too yeah like Like my brother-in-law works in medical and i will never forget him saying he was like people in the medical field that he works with he was like they cannot handle adversity the second that something goes wrong or a system isn't working or this computer goes down, whatever it is, he's like, they melt down. So then he would hear me talk about how I was on a mountain and it was so cold that my propane turned back into liquid so none of my equipment would work. And I had 5,000 firefighters that were going to come and eat in an hour and how I had to MacGyver myself to actually get their meal out. And he was like, I don't know how you do it. (laughs) It's and on a much smaller level, like I haven't had to do what you had to do, but I was kind of like a one woman catering show at my last job. <laughs> and it's like the way your mind has to think, mm-hmm. like you plan and then the plan only works so far. But it's like, I don't I just think of all the times that like, and so I'd be partially working on something and the rest of the staff that worked in that kitchen, because it was, there's a whole other mm-hmm. thing of staff that worked around that I had to work around, which made it fucking awful Mm -hmm. um i didn't have my own dedicated space i was trying to get stuff on a timeline but it was like they were i remember them laughing because i had a tilt skillet which by the way it's just like a big giant you you think of it between a cross between a big giant 
saute pan or a big giant pot. It's just this big square, you know. It's and, a griddle with walls. And I filled it, mm. and I had I had 200 people worth of pasta I had to put out. So I need, you need to heat it up quickly. Mm. And I remember they thought it was, like, so wild. But I'm like, this is how you have to think. I filled that up with boiling water, and I had clean fry baskets. Mm-hmm. And yep. I filled, I covered the thing with fry baskets across. Mm-hmm. And then I was putting in cold pasta, cooked pasta, because you're reheating. Yep from your prep and i remember going like across and then by the time i had filled up that last basket basket i was ready to dump mm-hmm. that hot like and they were just like oh my god and that oh my god that's so like crazy well i'm like i didn't have because we had limited equipment at this place mm-hmm. i'm like this is how you have you just you're constantly thinking of what can i make yeah to make this work mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you always have like two or three backup plans in case something doesn't work out. Yeah, yeah. You're hoping to not get to C or D, but you have C or D kind of in your brain mm-hmm. at all times. Yep. It's a different form of thinking. It is. And when it comes to the line, I will say this. I love working a line. Um, probably about a month ago, I had to work uh, brunch one morning. And the cook that usually works brunch with the guy that I was covering for at the very end, he was like, how did the shift go? And I'm like, well, it's shifts like these that make me feel good because I feel like I still got it. And I don't feel like it. we had no food come back. Our ticket times were good. And he was like, it usually doesn't run in the smooth. You're like, yeah, on the moon. And I was like, damn right. Yeah, I was I was walking a little taller. So um, there is a thing on the line that we talk about where you know your coworkers so well it's that like, it becomes a dance. Yep. Because I know that when so-and-so is putting together our salmon entree and I hear him put the saute pan down of rice pilaf, I know exactly how long it's going to take to get to the window. So now you're at a point where I'm like, okay, cool. I need to double-check that salmon that's in the oven. Cool, that salmon's ready to go. I'm turning around and he's putting pilaf onto a plate and I'm literally pulling the salmon out and putting it right on top. Like, when you hit that, like, hum. Complete, like, in sync. Like, mm-hmm. but, and it's funny because there's some people that I feel like no matter how hard you try, you can't get into sync with, though. True. Like, True. I've had people that I'm like, you're not picking up on these cute, you know what I mean? <laughs> but then there's some people, so when it's so effortless with some people, you're like, mm-hmm. oh, God, this was great. Like, they, 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 you're, you're constantly, anti- because you're in a small area, mm-hmm. you're constantly anticipating the other person's movements. Yep. Like, he said, you're listening for sounds. Mm-hmm. Like there's just so many things to it that I think oh, people yeah. would never think about. You're listening for sounds, cues, like whatever, and it's just in order to not be this big, gigantic crashing into to each mm-hmm. other mess. It's it is like you said, it's like this dance. Yeah. Oh, it feels so good too. When it's right, it's the, so right. The like, dopamine hits, and you're just like, yeah. <laughs> and you crank through a rush, and your ticket times are low, and your food looks good, and then you get to the end, and then you kind of play it cool. Where you're just kind of like wiping down your your saute station you're like yeah we just did that shit (laughs) you know it's so good so to answer your question yes it's hectic it's not fun for the reasons i think the people that that go to culinary school that we're talking about think it's fun we're not going to get out of culinary school and get a tv contract um but it's fun for a lot of other reasons yeah Mm -hmm. you to be in it you have to be um you have to like get off on the high of fucking chaos and then it ending. You know what I mean? And then yeah. just like that. Like I used to say, I'm like, Tim loves the high of. We did that uh, yeah, shit. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. And, and we think that, you know, in most of the places that I've worked, we've had a really good team. We've hired well. 
you know, and I always make the joke. And once again, this is not to minimize what other people have gone through in their lives, but there is a level of shared trauma when you are having to do these things under really tough circumstances with a group of people that's, you know, that's just as tired and stressed out and not slept and, you know, all of these things and you come together and you do something really fucking cool and the guests are super happy. I remember we had that day and all of us had worked 21 hours. We literally worked 21 hours that day. And I remember when we got done, we were outside of our building, sitting in the back, chatting, smoking cigarettes. And we had gone through this giant full day and we were kind of just, but we felt good. Well, I feel like it becomes like your war buddies. There's That's that exactly same, what it there's is. There's that same kind mm-hmm. of vibe where it's just like when you've gotten like ground into the, you know, like beaten into the yeah. ground. But like with somebody, you're just like, this is not something I've ever had with somebody else. Like yeah. you're like, there's like this sort of like mm-hmm. bond for life over the fact that you guys got like railed together. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. So I know I've talked a lot of negative about the food industry on this podcast. At the end of the day, I love it. It's something I feel like I'm good at. Uh but it's not fun for the right for the <laughs> no. regular reason. Yeah. New. So, anyway, that's my long diatribe about the food industry. Um, we're gonna take a little break, and we'll be back with some more questions and answers. All right, we are back. Um, we are back. You and like we, and we're back, like an old like radio DJ. At uh, all right, so we're into part number two of our fancy q a episode so what do you got on deck for us so i'm hit you know i'm hitting us with the hard one right (laughs) out of the gate for the second half okay this is from tara (laughs) and the subject line is super important question Ooh. and i have to agree that this is (laughs) important she says hopefully i'm not too late what ranch dressing do you recommend (laughs) I consider myself a foodie, yet I eat Hidden Valley Ranch with joy all the time and put like a like ooh or like face or whatever. So let's discuss ranch because that is a whole thing. <laughs> okay, so ranch. Here's the thing about Hidden Valley. I grew up on Hidden Valley from the bo- bottle. Same. Um, we ate what Tim calls truck stop salad, like trucker mm-hmm. salad. Um, Where every- it's like red cabbage, shredded carrot, and iceberg, iceberg. lettuce. I grew up on that every night because we had that um, – very white family, American family meal every night. We had milk, trucker Oof. salad with Hidden Valley Ranch or Bad Craft Italian, but mostly Hidden Valley Ranch. And then um, a vegetable that was like a frozen or canned vegetable, like corn, peas, things like that. Mm-hmm. And then the entree. Now, trucker salad and shit like that was to make up for the lack of meat (laughs) like we like i told tim like sometimes when i cook stuff i'm like this half this amount my mom would have had for like six fucking people it's wild (laughs) so all of the trucker salad and vegetables and milk were to make up for the lack of actual Mm -hmm. entree yeah um but anyways so i grew up drowning shit that was disgusting in hidden valley ranch (laughs) to get by so I think my hatred for bottles Hidden Valley Ranch comes from drowning shit in it. But it's but also, also just it's not garbage. good. It's not good. Yeah. Now I will say Hidden Valley from a packet, good. Agree. It is the bottle that is the problem. It's Agree. that time. It's the way that the, it's the formula for making it shelf stable. Disgusting. Yeah. 
I think we got like a a small bottle of it from something like not too long ago. And by that, I mean like within the last year. Um, I know time is what the fuck is time. I think you got it from Man Trip two years ago, to be honest. Probably. Yeah. And I remember when we got home trying it with something and you and I were really just like, yeah, this This ain't good. This is good. Because I feel like in that in that process of making it shelf stable it tastes it has a creamy mouth feel but it doesn't have any flavor it's not good it's not and there's not i cannot think of another bottled ranch that is good that's the problem it's the bottling that makes ranch trash Mm -hmm. most from a packet will be good so hidden valley from a packet good um had two jobs ago when i worked at the hospital place i worked at for seven years Mm mm-hmm we did one of uh, the brand that we did was called Good Seasons. Yep. Now in the US grocery foods, huh? in the gro- yes yeah. in the grocery <laughs> stores you can find that brand but only for like like packets but it's only for like their vinaigrettes and stuff like you can't mm. buy their ranch like I've never come across their ranch in the store. Mm-hmm. That was good. But I just feel like pretty much any time you can just you make it from a packet it's gonna be pretty good. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Now connoisseurs of ranch. <laughs> Back in the day, me and my sister Kinsey, the one right above me, the one that went to high school with Tim, the one that was, um, you know, shouldn't be hanging out with the bishop's daughter because she's such a bad influence, you know, us, you know, the bad kids. That one. So, my sister and I, we ranked places based on their <laughs> ranch. So, I cannot speak to Denny's now. I have not been to a Denny's in. It's been so long. Forever. It was such Six a big years. part of our lives there for a while. I don't know, but like. Denny's used to have bomb-ass ranch. Agree. So we would go for cheese fries because they just did like melted cheddar on fries with bacon. Mm-hmm. And like their, just like their side salad, like their fucking garden salad with yeah. their ranch. So good. But I can't speak to it now. When I my parents Johnny- were going to Village Inn for a long time, Village Inn had good ranch. Johnny Rockets. When I worked at Johnny Rockets, mm-hmm. they, have good- they also have the best onion rings ever. They're Johnny sourdough. Rockets is legit. They had sourdough. They were crispy even when they were cold. Onion rings. But we had good ranch. So I feel like as long as people are making it, it's usually pretty good. So Tara, I just, you say you eat Hidden Valley with like a face. Are you eating Hidden Valley from the bottle <laughs> or are you eating it from the packet? Because those are two very different things very is true. what I'm getting at. Yep. I'm usually a proponent of like if you're going to travel and go to another state, eat things that you can't get at home. Because there's no point in you going to, hey, we came to Tennessee and we ate at Applebee's. You know yeah. what I mean? Eat something local, different. Eat, yeah. Correct, yeah. Um, so I'm a big proponent of that. But usually when we go to Disneyland, we'll usually hit that uh, that Anaheim like Garden Center Johnny Rockets. Because, man, those onion rings Yeah, like good. our day that we're arriving. Yeah. Yeah, because we never make his Johnny Rockets here, like, ever. Yeah. So it's like, even though it's here when we go out of yeah. town, we're like, let's just go to Johnny Rockets, because it's right there where we can walk around. Yeah, it's like a mall. So yeah. it's like, we roll through the mall. It's like, what do you want to eat? And, like, usually things aren't open yet. And we're just like, ah, screw it. We'll go to Johnny Rockets. Yeah. So. Good ranch, good onion rings. I danced there in a silly little hat and bow tie for a couple <laughs> of years. Made smiley face ketchup. Oh, and when um, I would add eyelashes. To my little smiley, because you were supposed to do the smiley face in the in the little bowl. Of course. And I added um, sometimes a tongue. Um, lots of times, most times I added eyelashes, so I got a little creative, and I danced to "Staying Alive" and oh my god, you name it, wild. All right, so our next question is from Kira. Um, Kira is the one that sent us all the uh, 
notebooks, like the legal pads. Oh, sweet. Yeah, yeah. That I'm currently working off of. <laughs> um, also, she has bought for me a couple times on my vintage page. And I just mailed her out something today. So oh, it's kind of fun cool. that I'm starting to like... Season bleed over. Listen- yeah, <laughs> like send stuff to listeners. She bought That's stuff cool. months ago, like in the fall, and then she just bought something else the other day. So it's kind of awesome. fun. We love to hear that. So thank you, Kira, for all your support via Pod and Valley of the Vintage Sun. We appreciate it. Mm-hmm. All right, so she has a couple questions. So Kira's first question is for Whitney and Tim. That's us. She says, I gather you're both from Arizona and grew up there. Correct. Mm-hmm. We are born and bred, which is kind of rare in Arizona. Yeah. Most people are transplants. Yeah, like, most of the time, they people from here leave and people from other places come here. Yep. She says, what is your favorite part of living there and or least favorite part? And is there any other city, state, or region you guys love to visit and or um, would love to live in? She said, in reality or just daydreams, even if just aesthetically. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, this is a compound question. I just love discussions of what makes places speak to people. Mm, okay, that. so first let's talk about our favorite and least part of parts of living here. Okay. Do you want to go first? I'll go first. Um, I like living and being from a place where there's a mystique that people don't understand. And I always tell people this where they're like, they imagine adobe houses and women in denim with turquoise jewelry and tumbleweeds and, and sorrows everywhere correct um and i think there's just this idea of like that's what all of arizona looks like and you can drive an hour and a half south and be in a complete like on like a smaller mountain that still gets snow you can drive two hours north and be up in the high forest and get all of the weather and all of that, you know, everything that you get from up there. You can drive five hours and be at the beach in California. You can drive four and a half hours and be at the beach in another country. Like, there's just so many things here that I think are fascinating and, like, really cool. And that's one thing that Whitney and I, once again, if I had personal time, um, we talked about wanting to explore I kind of feel dumb that I've lived here my whole life, and I feel like there's certain things I've never gotten to do. Like, like we, we've never been to Bisbee. Yeah. It's so stupid. It's a little ghost, like, town. Like Yeah, it used to be a mining, mining town. town. It's I've haunted. I've never fucking been to Bisbee. There's a cool haunted hotel up there. Um, Jer- you're, Are you thinking of Jerome? I think you're thinking of Jerome mm-hmm. There's, with the haunted hotel. Yeah. Or was there one at Bisbee, too? Mm-hmm. Um, like, we've been to Jerome, but we haven't stayed in Like, I want to stay at the haunted hotel in Jerome. Like, right. I don't know. Just, like, little parts that I'm like, it's fucking stupid that I've lived here my entire life yeah. and we haven't done this. Yeah. Like, petrified forest, painted Never desert. Um, I used to be a dinosaur kid. So, up in Tuba City, there's, like, a giant flat that has a bunch of, like, um, preserved dinosaur like footprints and like nests and stuff which are really cool so there's just there's a lot of cool stuff here that people don't know and i love that um if i could move anywhere well what no what's your least favorite so you said your favorites traffic (laughs) everybody is from everywhere else and everybody sucks at driving and i've had people that i work with that are like man people in arizona don't know how to drive and i'm like no it's just that there's so many different transplants of people here that everybody sucks (laughs) He's a, oh, that's a perk we didn't mention. Tim's new job. So Tim has never lived close to his job ever. At least 45 minutes. Minimum. That's mm-hmm. And that's being generous. Yeah. I mean, he's driven an hour and a half one way before it's in spot. I mean, that was at a point in our life that was insanity, but it was out of desperation. Yeah. But 
Um, his new gig is going to be, it is less than six miles away. Yep. It says 16 minutes. That is, oh my God, I'm so excited. I'm like, you're going to be so, like, his, both his commutes will be less than the one way <laughs> for any other job he's yep. ever had. And, uh, and I felt like, now I'm on a tangent, I'm sorry. Um, I felt like I never really got to relish in my role as, like, first lady of the restaurants at the hotel. Mm-mm. And I say that as a joke, like, kind of, like, you know, being, but, like, kind of when you're the chef's wife, there's, like, a little bit of, like, a, yeah. I don't know, like, I would show up and, like, I'd be, like, okay, I'm here for blah, blah, blah. And then, like, I could hear, like, the oh, chef's wife is here, you know, like, <laughs> so there's definitely, like, a little bit of, like, a perk. And yeah. then you get your stuff taken care of and they kind of, like, you know, I don't, yeah. but so I joke that it's, like, being the first lady mm-hmm. of, like, the restaurants. I never got to relish in being the first lady because he was so far away all the time. Right. Now he's going to be close enough that I literally can just, like, pop in and have a mm-hmm. drink and have come dinner for lunch. come for lunch bring mm-hmm. my computer like yeah. and because he's bring got like friends, he's like... got a hangout area and i'm like mm-hmm. i can sit there and do shit and i can bring a friend and i'm like so i'm kind of excited to take on like first lady status for a little <laughs> bit like you know and yeah fucking yep. take on this role man yep um if i could move anywhere i worked in wyoming for a summer and jackson hole wyoming is one of the most beautiful places I've ever been in my life. Like the drive up there going through Idaho and cutting, like I flew to Salt Lake City and then I I rented a car and drove through Utah, Idaho and Wyoming. And it was honestly like breathtaking how beautiful it is up there. And it's just, it's just a lifestyle that I What's it like in the winter though? I mean, there's snow, but it's not like Denver snow. You know what I mean? But man, I would... I love it up there. So, yeah, if I had a chance to move, that would be my place. So, I'm going to start at the top for me. Um, Favorite part of living here? I guess, uh, let me start with least favorite. (laughs) People talk about seasonal depression. I know I've talked about this, but I'm just bringing Mm -hmm. it up because it's relevant. People talk about seasonal depression. I think that when people talk about that, they usually are talking about, like, the cold winter. Mm -hmm. No, I have it in the summer. But, because it's all the exact same feelings. It's feeling trapped. It's feeling like I feel so trapped in the summer. Mm-hmm. Like it's the exact same thing. I feel like I can't go anywhere. I feel like I can't do anything. Yep. I'm worried about our house. Like the way some people might be worried about <laughs> like I worry about our air conditioning taking a shit at any moment because like yeah. you could fucking die if it does. Like mm-hmm. or the money that it costs. Yeah, I don't know. Yep. Like I just I hate about half the year I hate it here. Tim Sorry. just rammed his <laughs> cocktail into the microphone. <laughs> I'm sure that one actually picked up this time. Um <laughs> So I really hate it half the year. <laughs> like I can't. Rough. It like I really I don't feel like myself. Yeah. But I do have to admit that the other part of the year I'm like okay it's pretty nice. Like I yeah. would actually prefer to for it to get colder because to me anytime it's not cold it's a representation of it getting hotter sooner. Yeah. <laughs> so the panic for me sets in. So like I have a friend that's like I love the spring I love when it's eighty I'm like but to me eighty just means that in ten seconds a hundred it's in hundred and ten. Yeah. I'm not comfortable with eighty because <laughs> because it means it's not far away. Yeah. And if I can interject real quick, what's really interesting is that, like, deserts get really cold at night. So what's weird is that outside of the city during the winter, it gets super cold. But we're just in a giant, like, saute pan. Yeah, with all of our asphalt where it's just soaking it up. And, Mm -hmm. like, the the weather's changed so much even from our childhood. Like, it's so much hotter. Oh, yeah. And there's so much more growth where it's holding on to all this heat so anyway Mm -hmm. so that's what i hate i fucking hate the heat and i hate half the year but i guess the thing that i love is that the other part of the year 
there is real natural beauty in Arizona compared to some other Aww. other places. <laughs> I thought she <laughs> was talking about me. <laughs> some real natural beauty here. Yeah. Um, oh, and Mildred just showed up. Oh, yeah, she's here. She she's says like natural, natural beauty. <laughs> she's like, I heard my cue. <laughs> she says present. So I guess I guess that's the part that I'm okay with. Um, as far as where I'd like to dream, the unfortunate part, I don't think, I think I'm just such a realistic person <laughs> that I kind of know I'm never going to leave. <laughs> You're not. So I don't really think that far into it, but like, I really liked Colorado Springs when my sister lived there. Mm. Very, very pretty, very green. I know they get snow, but generally it's not enough snow to like bury them yep. for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, because I guess I guess it's another positive positive about Arizona is that we don't get super destructive. I mean, we could die from heat any given day, yeah. but we don't have super destructive weather. I like that yeah. versus like places that have tornadoes and hurricanes mm-hmm. and earthquakes and like, yeah. you know blizzards and things. Yeah. But um, I did really like that area of Colorado, so that's something I would kind of consider. But mm-hmm. I never got to go to Wyoming when Tim was working there, so I have no <sighs> idea what he's talking about. One of these days. Someday. So this Kira has a second question. This one's from Mildred. Are you listening? Well, it's a good thing she came back. She heard natural <laughs> beauty. She showed up. It's a good thing. Now we can ask her the question. She says, what's your favorite things to see out the window? And have you ever had an encounter with a scorpion? Yikes. Ooh. We hope not, but do you think you could take one? <laughs> um, and this one's signed Chummy and Cheese Curd. Oh, so I think we have buddies. some cat friends. Yeah. So, Mildred, I'm going to speak Jeez, for you since you don't have um, much of a voice. But her favorite things to see out the window, she loves watching the birds. Mm-hmm. When we had really nice grass in the backyard, she would watch the birds a lot. She loves to watch the birds, but we do joke that she's um neighborhood watch like me. I'm fucking, mm. I'm that person that, because of my social anxiety, I don't talk to our neighbors. <laughs> but I could tell you everything. Like, I'm the neighbor you want if you don't want to talk to me but if anything happens to you i could give a lot of information to the police (laughs) because i know people's routines like i literally the other night i literally woke up our next door neighbor he leaves for work at like 4 38 a.m every day i woke up at five o'clock the other morning and i was like ed's late for work (laughs) she's i'll literally get home and she'll be like man ed had to leave early today like because i can i can hear his truck starting like i just know everybody's routine so i could tell you your routine but not talk to you so anyway so we joke that mildred is um kind of a neighborhood busybody Mm. like me because she like sticks her head inside the blinds the blinds to like watch the neighborhood Mm -hmm. like her mama you know but so she likes to watch birds but then in general i think she's a fucking busybody i think she likes to see what's going on (laughs) She also, can I tell them about the lair? Oh, yeah. Tell. Yep, yep. Okay. So, at our last. Because that um, goes in with the scorpion. Is that. Yeah. So, So, we used to live at a townhouse um, that was in a neighborhood that had a golf course going through it. So, 
whenever there's any sort of like water hazard or palm trees or things that usually get on golf courses, usually you have a good chunk of like cockroaches. It, yeah, like we, it, it we, happened. We had roaches. We yeah. sprayed. I I was I want to say I was Ooh. a very good neighbor. Mm. I spent my own money on spray mm-hmm. and I sprayed our fucking garbage area. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like I went out because I'm like I don't want to deal with this, so mm-hmm. I sprayed like for the neighborhood. Like I yeah. like the common areas. I fucking mm-hmm. sprayed myself. Yeah. So. It was that even through that, we would get, you know, three a week, four a week, depending on what time of year. So, um, Mildred used to get them and like, oh. and like bat them, bat them around when she would find them. Oh, so Whitney, always, Whitney has a memory of a point where she was batting it around and she picked it up she in her mouth. She picked it up in her mouth. And like the little legs were going. She had it in her mouth and it was like its little antennas were going and its legs were going. And I was, was like, getting oh. fucked up. Oh, my, but it was fucking disgusting. But the thing is, she wasn't eating it. And that's it. Whitney was like, get it out of your mouth. I'm like, she's not eating it. She's being a boss ass bitch. So um, she would bat him around. But what she would do is she would carry him over. We had like <laughs> when you walked into our townhouse there was stairs that went up to the second floor. so under- Right, right straight ahead. Yeah. yeah. So underneath the stairs is where we put her litter box and then Momo before that. Um, so there was things that we didn't realize that she would bat those cockroaches around. Or anything else. Mm-hmm. Cricket. Yep. And then pick it up and she would take it over there by her litter box. That was her lair. Behind it. Yep. So we were like, I found it one day when I was scooping her box. I'm like, oh, my God, there's a fucking lair over here. I'm like, this is like her conquest. Yep. And what made me laugh, too, was that she was very much the, she would bat it around. So it was all like, all like stunned on the ground. And she would put a paw on it to like hold it <laughs> hold to the it ground. <laughs> and then she would start like cleaning her other paw. So that was her way of being like. You're so not important to me that I'm gonna start taking. A like shower. she like pinned him down and she's just like going about her fucking business, like taking you know taking a bath. And then every once in a while she would lift her paw up and then give it a couple skibbity paps, and she would like slap it a couple times and then put her paw back on it. Well, and so she started putting her the the bugs for the lair was always behind. So to answer this question, no, she ne- first of all, we mm-hmm. never had scorpions. We're very lucky. Yeah. We have s- multiple multiple of my sisters have had scorpions at all their houses. Mm-hmm. We have somehow avoided scorpions altogether. I've never had it at any house in any like since childhood. Yeah. I've never experienced a scorpion. So, sisters have not us. So Mildred mm-hmm. does not um experience scorpions, but she has here at this house, we don't have roaches, thank God. Um we just get crickets. Mm-hmm. She f- she She'll fucks, fuck a cricket. She up. fucks up a cricket and a gecko. Let me tell you, she'll fuck. We'll those find up. like legs, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and we'll be like, "All right, you obviously got something. We need to find where the rest of it is." And yeah. it, it'll be in two rooms away, all like smashed. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. She means business. And it's very funny because if you walk by it, she'll walk back over to it and just sit by it and be like, "I did this." Yeah, she's like, "I know." <laughs> <laughs> But real quick, one thing. So the bugs, I'm I'm very grateful for this part. So the bug layer was behind her litter box. Yeah. She had a second layer though. That so at the time we had this like bowl, like a scratcher, like the cardboard, like the corrugated, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? But it was kind of like this little like bowl bed thing. It was like a bed, yeah. Yeah. And things non-bug related she would take to that and like mm-hmm. drop it there so she would drop her toys there and it was so funny i had i was making cocktails so i had like 
half a lemon and half a lime in like a sandwich baggie, right? And then all of a sudden I'm like, where the fuck did that bag go? I was going through the, I'm like, did I put it in the fridge? Did I like, I was looking all over for this bag, right? And like a couple days later, I look over, she had the fucking bag of lemons and limes in her little like bed layer. She just like picked them up off the counter yep. and took them. Yeah. So. There you go. No scorpions, but bags of citrus. Yep. Oh, Mildred. All right, let me find was another a, one. It was a very, very fun time. All right, this one is from Cassidy. Okay. And she says, if you could slash had to join a funny family for a day, which one would it be? Now, for Tim, this is difficult because he doesn't know other funny families. Mm-hmm. Do you want me to just give my answer then? Sure. I want to go with the Wish version of the Crunchy Hair Gang. That's who you want to be a part of? Okay, yep. gotcha. Yep. Got it. Now, just to experience the sheer fucking chaos of it, I would join the Rodriguez family for a day. She's told me some of these stories. I've told a little bit about So, mm-hmm. just so he's not completely in the dark. <laughs> but I would join just to understand. Because I feel like... I feel like when you've seen, obviously, show personas probably with per- reality are not exactly the same. Agreed. But because we've seen more of, like, the Duggars and the Bates, I'm like, let me go for something we haven't seen a TV Correct. show of. And they're a different kind of train wreck. <laughs> so that's my answer. Okay. Okay. That's a good question. If, as an outsider, as you find the next question, I didn't know. I, I had no idea that it was as... Um, far stretched of snark worthy fundy families so it's a whole thing it is all right um so the next one is from renee and she says has tim tried his hand at some duggar recipes namely tater tot casserole and whatever lego hair did with that can of tomatoes (laughs) lego does a lot of things with lots of canned foods we'll get there um i have not um we did have an idea of doing um kind of our take on tater tot casserole so i'm definitely looking forward to it whitney made kind of like the og traditional but like actually seasoned and stuff and that was really good um and then i made a version that i shared in our stories of a play i want to do but i do want to make some adjustments before i yeah you were r&ding some things yeah yeah so i have a version that i'm working on that'll Mm -hmm. if i make it one more time i think it'll be dialed in Mm -hmm. and then tim is gonna make a a version as well yep now that I will hopefully have time. Dear God. Everybody fucking knock on wood, cross fingers, cross eyes, cross toes, cross legs. We're hoping for some work-life balance. Yep. That's what I want. That's all. We're not asking for much. hmm Okay. So this one is from Maria. And she says, do you think Anna will stay with Pest in the long run? And do you think she really believes he's not guilty? So personally, I... I feel like I hold out tiny bits of hope that one day she will leave him. And then every time I, ha- I like repeatedly some things, I'll be like, oh, I don't know if she ever will. But 10 years is a long time. He's gone minimum 10 years. Mm-hmm. So I hold out. I don't know if I can say that I th- can say definitively, oh, yeah, I think she will or she won't. But just that I hold out hope that maybe somewhere down the line, she'll just get fucking sick of waiting mm-hmm. this long. I don't think she'll ever leave him. I don't think she will either. I just hope she yeah. will. I I think when you're in it that hard, 
I feel like you have the sunken cost fallacy. You've already spent all of this time she's doing all a, these things. And she's got a million fucking kids with him. Yeah. So I feel like when you have seven kids with someone and you're in her situation, mm-hmm. I don't know that she will ever. I'm, I hold out hope, but and the I thing think is it's if, dwindling. And if they if they get divorced, if if she would leave, it's not like that takes him out of her life. Yeah. He's so in it regardless you know what i mean so it's like that's not even an escape so for the second half um do you really believe um do you think she really (laughs) believes he's not guilty i think number one i don't think that a lot of people in josh's family so anna included i think there's a lot of them that really believe he was looking at regular porn and that if there was anything child related it was just mixed into his i think that they're completely in denial of the fact that he sought out CSAM. Yeah. Like yeah. I don't I think that they don't allow themselves to believe that portion. I agree with that one hundred percent. So when it comes to guilt, I think she thinks he's guilty of still being addicted to porn. Mm-hmm. But not so much. And like, you know, that being his struggle. Right. But not so much that like, oh yeah, he's actually yeah. this like taking this to because they have this weird thing where they, like, even in some of the statements from some of the people like Jessa and stuff, mm. there's this weird equation with them where they act like all porn is, like... The same. The same. And it's like, <laughs> no, man. There, no. Are tier, there are major tears. Right. There is, like, a total difference between your husband's spank bank and mm. what he had. Correct. And I feel like... And searching like, that out. And, yeah. Yeah. And going through the lengths that he did, like... He wasn't things. on Pornhub yeah, looking no. at the splash page. <laughs> no. And then this happened to pop up and he got popped. That's no. not what it happened doesn't, there. Number one, that doesn't happen Correct. with that type of material. Mm-hmm. You don't just come across it. That's yep. not how it works. But mm-hmm. they're so naive, both in the world that they're in, but also they are happy to be naive to this. Yeah. Because it backs... Then they don't have to believe it. Correct. So um, I think that her idea of him being guilty is just guilty of the sin of like lust not for what it really is right i just i want her to get fucking fed up with it and waiting around for 10 years but man it's gonna happen it is grim yeah that's what's kind of interesting watching them with like young so this next quite is a series of questions from um sierra and oh something i didn't say in the beginning that I should probably just clarify. If you hear me not saying all the questions that you asked, it's because if you asked multiple questions and then somebody else only asked one question and it was one of the questions you asked, I kind of like gave that question to the other person, to the so other to speak. Person, yeah. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. so if I'm going through your stuff and you're like, oh, that's not exactly how it was, it's because I there is some yeah. like editing and, you know, here mm-hmm. to... Anyway, so um, this next one is from Sierra. She is an OG listener of the pod. I think I remember her commenting like on our first episode, like the first day we released, being like, I just found you guys. And oh, so wow. She's an OG. Nice. So the first thing she says is, please make bingo cards and put like visuals of them up. Yes. So I know I talked about that at the mm. beginning of the year. Time just got kind of got away. And then as mm. more time passed, I'm like, you know what? I think it might be good instead of a calendar year. I did start to feel like I preferred doing it by season. Right. So then after, because like some time had passed and then we were like kind of dwindling down, I was like, you know what, let's just do that for the start of season three. Yeah. So that is what we're going to do. That's one of the things in our time off between 
um, seasons while I'm getting together like the Patreon type thing while I'm getting merch together. I'm also going to be creating those bingo cards. So we'll have like a podcast specific one and then we'll mm-hmm. have one that'll be like per episodes yeah. that we'll do. And we'll probably do some voting in the off times on Instagram on some of the squares for them. Mm-hmm. So that'll be fun. Um, she says, have you considered having guests on yet? You should do an episode with It's Rouse Dower, which is another OG mm-hmm. listener and also content creator and snarker. So I'm definitely open to having guests on. But we're just in a place right now. It's hard enough getting it recorded with us right now, the way it's been with your schedule. Mm-hmm. That uh, I mean, sometimes we're recording at nine thirty at night our time. Which what could that be for a million other people's? <laughs> yeah. And so we'll think we're gonna record today, and then crazy shit happens. He can't get home, and we're mm-hmm. end up recording two days later. So it's just schedule-wise, right now it's not been realistic to bring in other people because we can't commit to a. A schedule, but there's hope on the horizon. So hopefully something down the road we might be able to, if he has some consistent days off that we can plan with people, it might be yeah. easier to set up something like that. It just has not been realistic up to this point. Right. <clears throat> um, she says, has Tim watched any of the Bringing Up Baits or United Baits of America? I'd love to hear more of his thoughts on the baits and if you might <laughs> consider recapping any of their episodes in the future. I think that kind of goes to the other question that we had before. I personally haven't been like, cool, let me purposefully watch this. Whitney's shown me some like clips of things here and there, um, but it hasn't been kind of a focus. Um, I do feel like when it gets brought up in episode recap or deep dive, I definitely feel like I'll probably try to dive a little deeper into it because I think it still has the fascinating kind of morbid curiosity allure to it um it's also presented on a platform that's very friendly to them so you know exactly so i think you you lose a little bit of that like we're from the outside looking in aspect that you get from like tlc not being like a hardcore christian network um but yeah definitely open to it so like I said earlier, there's a lot of people that ask, like, can you do a Bates podcast? And like I mentioned earlier, doing two separate podcasts is just not feasible right now. So kind of how I mentioned, when they're on, we'll do deep dives on them. As far as recapping episodes, I might consider how we might work that into the regular pod. But at the very, very least, that could be something that we do every once in a while on Patreon. Yeah. It's like do like a, you know, pop in here and there on various mm-hmm. And I'm sure I'll think of other ways that I can incorporate them throughout the time, but they're just not going to have their own podcast for sure. Right, right. And we'll just figure out how we can. I just think that this podcast alone is an interesting way that we can interweave a lot of different fundies without mm-hmm. having it have to be about a them. separate, you know, yeah, totally separate thing. Mm-hmm. Um, then she asked about some things that I'm going to skip over, just about things that we're going to do deep dives of later. Um, then she says, have you read Ginger's book yet? I just finished and I was wondering your thoughts. I still, I kind of, I went through a bunch of it. Struggled at the, like, biblical references. Oh, man. When something really gets to, like, scripture, like, I fucking shut down, man. Like, <laughs> it is so hard for me. Like, my brain is just, like, uh, anywhere else but here, like, in yeah. those moments. And her book yeah. is pretty heavy on stuff like that. So mm-hmm. I got deep. I probably got three quarters of the way through it. And then I just kind of, like, <laughs> put it down and I, I need to finish it. Mm-hmm. 
at the time that it came out, remember, like, I waited to be able to get it secondhand. And I didn't have to wait long at all, which is really funny because <laughs> I already got it damaged. Like, it was already, like, ripped and shit. So I was like, man, somebody really put this through the ringer in just, like, a couple of weeks. But um, at the beginning, like, I don't see myself as necessarily – it's not a priority to me to be, like, the first and doing the breaking news. And, like, mm-hmm. so when it came out, I was okay with not covering it right away. There's so many other people in this sphere, in this mm-hmm. realm, that I was like, we're covering it. That I'm like, if you want to hear about it right now, somebody else has got you, and I'm yep. cool with that. Mm-hmm. Um, but that is, I don't know if maybe I'll put up a poll. Do people st- like? I don't know if it's even a topic right now. <laughs> like yeah. I always planned the way I take a lot of the Duggars books is that I use them as resources for mm-hmm. specific topics. So you guys see how I have a very specific deep dive and then it's like, Oh, I got this from this one book and this one Correct. book and this one manual and this one seminar. So I definitely plan to of course use it as a resource for very specific topics. But mm-hmm. as far as covering it cover to cover, so to speak, maybe I'll put up a poll and see if that's something people are interested. I don't know if it's kind of been out for a while now. I don't mm-hmm. know if that's still of interest, but if it is of interest, I'm open to doing like a deep dive on it but if people are like kind of over it i'm yeah i can skip it too <laughs> so jennifer she asked what other podcast do you listen to even mildred <laughs> so i'm gonna go on a limb and say mildred listens to whatever we're listening to <laughs> do you have anything to say about that we bought her a little phone um like a like one of the toy phones you get from like 99 cents only but it it's supposed to look like a smartphone so it has like a screen and it has all these like printed um like apps app icons on it um so we got her that just as a funny like okay you're old enough where we bought you a cell phone so <laughs> the running joke Can you is tell like, what kind of like pet parents millennial pet parents with no kids <laughs> that we are um so I'll be out doing stuff and I'll be like, hey, will you text Mildred and blah, blah, and tell her blah, blah, blah. It's like our ongoing joke. Yeah. And she's like, well, I can't do that because she never activated her phone. That's our joke is that she has a phone, but she never activated it. We'll be like, well, you never say She's like, well, I know. So like she can't listen to her own podcast because she never activated her phone. <laughs> it's stickers. <laughs> yeah, but that- she got to step up because Momo had a an eraser phone. <laughs> it looked like an old flip phone. And it was yellow and blue, but it was an eraser. It was an eraser, yeah. And it was really small. It was like the size of like a domino. So we took a picture of Momo next to it. And we always said that that was a Momo cell phone. <laughs> so with Mildred, we we also joke that Mildred is very competitive, especially with Momo. So we're like, well, you definitely um, kind of won because she has this big <laughs> smartphone, right? Where Momo had like a very basic flip phone. And it got horrible reception. Horrible reception. When you consider the fact that it was an eraser an eraser that'll do it yeah um so yeah mildred can't pick her own podcast because she never activated her phone yep so she has to listen to what we listen yep. to. so what do you listen to what are podcasts you like so i actually um i was obsessed with girls next door back in the day mm-hmm. so an absolute have to listen to this the day it comes out for me right now is girls next level because i love bridget <laughs> i really love bridget and then i like holly she was the best one and um oh man that was such a fucking time those early fucking reality tv days were gold <laughs> and there was a period of time where su- besides the fact that i had to go to school the next day sunday nights were the night <laughs> because me and my sister kinsey she had like gotten her we had we'd always shared a room, but then our old one of our other sisters moved out, so we finally had separate rooms. Mm-hmm. But she was old enough because she was like nineteen, um, bought herself her own TV, 
and paid for cable in the house, which was so exciting. <laughs> and um, I would go into her room and sit in her bed with her and we'd eat food. And on Sunday nights, we'd watch Rock of Love, which I'm also <laughs> a fucking stan of. We'd watch Rock of Love and then we'd watch Girls Next Door. Mm-hmm. So that was a long way of saying I have to listen to Girls Next Door or Girls Next Level. Yep. I have been a longtime fan of My Favorite Murder just because I, I, I do love true crime, but it's like kind of those things where there's certain things you listen to that you stay even more so for the people. Mm. Love Karen and Georgia. Mm-hmm. So those are like my mainstays. And then other stuff I kind of pop in and out. I listened, yeah. I've listened to Serial over and over again several times. Mm-hmm. Um, I pop in and out of like Crime Junkie, but not really. I don't know. I go, I kind of go back and yeah. forth. I listen to Full Body Chills sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, I got off Pod Meets World for a while, but I want to jump back in because I loved Boy Meets World. Too much shirts. Uh, that was pretty funny. Too yeah. much shirts. Um, yep. Pod Meets World is good. I'm super into that. Um, there's one from Australia that's called Do Go On. Um, with these three kind of like comedian writers. Um, and what they do is one of them, with the help of their listeners, picks an event, a person, a place, you know, something that has like a really interesting history that they can do a lot of research on. And then the other two will listen to that report and kind of riff on it. So they'll kind of riff on it, make jokes. And then when they get off topic, they'll be like, sorry, do go on. So okay. do go on podcast is real good from Australia with Matt, Jess and Dave. Um, I'm a big fan of dumb people town uh, with the Sklar brothers and Daniel Van Kirk. They're all comedians. People send them dumb stories from around the world um, and they kind of go through those and riff on those. Um, when I just started listening to, I was a huge fan of G4 TV when I was growing up and kind of into my first couple of years of college. Um, and when they did the revival recently, I was all about it. I loved all of the personalities. I loved the people that were on it. I was into it. I was watching them on Twitch. Um, so when it got canceled, it was kind of sad. Um, if you were a G4 fan, um, a couple of the producers put a podcast together that's called Popcorn and Pixels. And what they do is they pick either a game or a movie that has a kind of a theme or kind of just a certain subject matter. And then they pair it with the other either movie or video game. And they kind of talk about both. Okay. And they're fantastic. So Don't you listen to um, – sorry. Go ahead. Finish what you're saying. No. Um, I just like it. It has the same feel that I loved about the new G4 um, kind of with them too. So, so those are um, your picks? Shout out Vanessa Guerrero and Emily Rose if you're listening. I love you. <laughs> I was going to say, don't you listen to Conan? The Conan podcast is pretty good. I kind of fell off of it. Oh, okay. Um, a random obscure one that I actually started um, was called How Did We Get Weird with Vanessa Bayer, who was on SNL, and then her brother. And then they always have like a special guest. And it's just they were born in our era. They were like 90s kids, and they kind of like – go back through like these weird things that made them the quirky people that they are today. So yeah. How did we get weird with Vanessa bears? Real good. See, I'm at a spot. I'm at this weird spot. So whether it is starting a new podcast or, um, 
picking up on ones I haven't been into for a while. I kind of, it's kind of like, you know, when you hit that point with shows where there's so many options and you just kind of get like analysis paralysis and you kind of just like fucking go into your, you come into your like comfort thing. Mm -hmm. I found myself recently putting on old TV shows and just putting headphones on, not watching it at all, Mm -hmm. just putting it on my phone yeah because like i can completely not have to listen at all Mm -hmm. (laughs) like i'm like i feel like i've got three things in me a week that i can listen to that i need to pay attention to yeah like that i and Mm -hmm. then after that i'm kind of like i'm kind of spent and and one of that is ours because i listen to our you know so i'm like (laughs) that's enough new information and i'm exhausted after i listen to ours because i'm like oh, i'm listening to myself analyzing this this is terrible so it's like i'm kind of exhausted on that so then i've got room for about two more and then after that i just need like I need to zone out yep. completely. Mm-hmm. So I've not been up on them as much as I was before because yeah. like this is exhausting enough. <laughs> of course. Okay, so um, this one is from Ashley and it's an interesting one. It's which Duggar ideology or theology or rule is the most harmful? Are there, there any rules that seem harmless, any that you would try? All right, so as far as most harmful, personally, I feel like I'm going to say, ironically, I'm going to say the umbrella of authority or just the idea of the whole authority thing in general, because Mm -hmm. ironically, their whole thing of like the umbrella, I feel like that kind of applies here, because if I pick that as a harmful thing, I feel like it goes over a bunch of other Mm -hmm. harmful things. Yeah. So if I had to like distill it down to one of the most harmful things. I think it's the whole authority thing because that's what creates them being able to do whatever the fuck they want because mm-hmm. they're told doesn't matter if your husband's wrong, yep. you do it. Mm-hmm. So, and, and all these other things like this whole, I think the whole authority factor is what, um, is kind of what chugs along everything else. It's what yep. keeps everything else going. It's what mm-hmm. makes everything else as harmful as it is. Yeah. So if I had to identify the most harmful, I think it's their whole authority system. I agree with that because I feel like it it teaches them don't trust what you see, don't trust what you hear, and even if you do hear or see something that you don't agree with, you better not say anything about and it. And you just need to follow blindly. Yep. I yep. mean, just to, to when we read the actual verbiage and things of them saying, like, it doesn't matter if your husband's wrong, you just... You do it because God yeah. will, you'll be blessed because you're listening to your authority. That's what God cares about. Mm-hmm. It's not about whether it's right, wrong, going to fuck you over, screw up your kids. Looked what matters, child porn. Yeah. What matters is that you're following your authority. That's all that God cares about. Correct. Which is fucking asinine. Yep. So I feel like we could definitely claim that as probably, mm-hmm. because that just applies to so many other things. Agree. Um, are there any rules that seem harmless? Any that you would try? I can't think of anything I would try. <laughs> Can you? <laughs> not really. As not far- off the top of my head. As far as anything being harmless, I feel like that kind of goes back to what we are constantly saying. This nugget of truth or this partial mm. thing that we agree with. And then it gets taken to the extreme. Yep. So as far as you say harmless, I feel like in the beginning you can be like, oh, I'm trying to think of an example. Like the way that they talk about like what you consume and and like your kid, like I think of like the type of media that they consume and how they kind of like lessen that and how it should be more about like the family dynamic and blah, blah, blah. That's a great, a great guiding principle. But then you take it to this super far extreme and it's like, okay, now I can't get on board. 
Yeah, and it's even yeah. the same with when they're like, oh, well, we like this because of being a close family or like her homeschooling because of this or the mm-hmm. limiting or whatever. And you're like, oh, that's great. Oh, yeah, you're kind of pretty. But it, when it goes to the point of complete isolation or, you know, that's when mm-hmm. you've crossed a line. And that's one of my biggest pet peeves as I've gotten older has been plausible deniability. And I feel like that's such a layer of plausible deniability because if you, if you as a consumer of their media are not on board with things they're doing in their head, they can err on the side of, well, we're just trying to protect our kids. Yeah. Like you don't want to protect your kid. You just want to let your kids do whatever do they everything, want. You know? Yeah. They're just yeah. out there, you know, dancing in the streets and feeling so defiant. Mm, the worst. Yep. <laughs> So this next person, they wrote us a very sweet email, but they, they, um, I believe they wanted to be anonymous. So we'll leave it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, their first question, they have multiple, but their first is, what is an episode or deep dive you are highly looking forward to? Which ones are you most excited for Tim's reactions? And I'm just going to answer them one at a time. So um, I, I don't want to use the word excited because of the fact that the material is dark. Um, but... I feel like when we get to some of the disciplinary things and um, kind of the world in IBLP on how normalized it is and where they get their ideas from, um, excited is not the word, but I feel like very eye-opening. Okay. So um, I, I am interested for you to hear some of the details of that. Okay. But again, I feel like excited is... Not. There's a positive connotation with the word. You're eager. Yeah. That doesn't have a positive or negative. I don't know. Even eager. I don't know. I'm just interested. I don't know. I. The best I can think of is I. I'm curious to see your reaction or hear your thoughts on it. But it is not good subject matter. Mm -hmm. Um. Their next question: If you could have any Duggar on the podcast, who would it be? Same goes for the Bates. So, as far as a Duggar on the podcast. In my dream world, I want the fucking messiest bitch out there, right? <laughs> so, in my dream world, it would be, uh, well, du- technically, if they're asking Duggar, does it need to be a Duggar? Were you I was, thinking Famy? No, I was thinking um, Derek. Okay. He's Jill's husband, so I'm like, mm-hmm. does that count? Because he's not technically a Duggar. So, the re- I'm always going to say Derek because I think he's fucking messy and will fucking spill it. And that's what I want to hear, right? Um, if I have to say a Duggar, I, th- I, th- I think Jill, mm-hmm. because I feel like her experience is different. And her, if she were to ever open up, I'll be obviously this is hypothetical and very if if they would even do it, and if they would actually open up and be honest, I would like to hear her side of this because her experience is different than the other grown-up kids. Agree. So I agree with that a hundred percent. I'll take either one of the Dillards. Gladly. <laughs> um, the next one is when did it really hit you how horrible IBLP slash the family is? So I'll go first and then because yours is interesting because you come in later. <laughs> um, mm. For me, it was just the initial scandal that broke. I think it kind of happened with all of us. 
like I always talk about how it was cringe watching it first but in, in the beginning I was happy to I don't know if happy is the right word but it was just I was fine to be like all right you're different than me you've got these really deep convictions like I think you're kind of weird yeah but I was like you do you because mm-hmm. the, what do we always go back to you do you believe what you want to believe don't push it on others. Don't cause harm. Don't enable abuse. Don't. Do, mm-hmm. But they're doing all those things. Yeah. They're enabling. They're doing all all of the above. Right. The first scandal was the the real like oh the the mask has dropped mm. has fallen. So I think that's the initial, and then um, for me personally, as I really dive for lack of a, a better word really dive into the specifics it's just all the times that i've come across like oh this was really actually taught to them mm-hmm. not just them coming up with it on their own yeah. or just to hear all the exact verbiage that we hear out of their mouth and then read mm-hmm. it you're like it is this is where it's from like yeah. you know it but it, i feel like it's different when you actually put them side by side mm-hmm. and like look at it so I think for me, it's when you read the actual doctrine exactly. that they push out. Because, like you said, every family has idiosyncrasies and they have little quirks about them. And you assume that if you're going to have that many kids, there's something that's a little a little funky, you know. <laughs> but you can once again assume that, like, everybody's different, you know. Um, but when you start to hear that the doctrine that they're pushed is what sets up the ideas of you know when we talk about like abortion and we talk about like the things you need to set your house up for children and like you just don't realize how damaging those things are when it is literally the verbiage that they are taught you know what i mean like a takeaway that i had with the joshua harris book was like how many people's how many young people's lives were affected by that and like when you're pushing this idea like I, I brought up abortion because of the thing of like birth control like that whole book like taking the pill is the same as having abortion yeah yeah and it's like if that becomes what you are taught in the very beginning like it just becomes a difficult life to deal with you know what i mean like you come up you've brought up the word like stunted multiple times it just feels very much like you're going into a world with a lack of understanding because you're being taught these things from the very beginning. Because they're taught so black and white. Yeah. And so like, it's so driven and so hard. Like there's mm-hmm. no room for. There's no gray area. No. And sorry, our lives are entirely gray, very gray. area. Mildred's, yeah. Mildred's like, yes, they are very gray. Gray is yeah. good. Yeah. There, everything is, is circumstantial and there's all gray. So. There's a lot of nuance that people, mm-hmm. it's easier to, it's just so much easier for people to live in the absolutes and the black and white. And it's like, that's just not reality. Yeah. Um. So the next question is, is Mildred single? <laughs> my cat has seemed to grow. This is still um from the same person, by the way. Uh, my cat has seemed to grow an interest in her. He is only two years old. So is she perhaps into younger guys? <laughs> Possibly a cougar? Let us know so we can set up the date. Sorry, courtship. <laughs> so the thing about that, so Mildred, like we said, she's about seven and a half, 40, like 44 in cat years. Mm-hmm. So when we talked about her little her little friend, Sheldon, that sent her stuff last episode, 
So I had messages when I posted, you know, her gifts from her little pet pal. People were like, is Sheldon her boyfriend? <laughs> and I was like, well, you know, being her parents, I'm like, she's a little baby. Little babies don't have boyfriends. <laughs> but like, as a, you know, when I look at her as a 44-year-old woman, I'm like, she should be able to have a relationship if she wants to. She's a mature young lady. She is a mature young lady. But, um, yeah, so, I mean, if she wants to have a couple pet pals and she wants to have <laughs> some friends, um, it's okay. Um, but the funny thing is Sheldon is much older. So <laughs> I've talked to Sheldon's mom. We specifically discussed this. Sheldon is much older. So we, 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 we decided it's not quite – he's in his 80s. Okay. So if she's 44 and he's in his 80s, it's not quite Anna Nicole J. Howard uh, – <laughs> Such, like you know age gap mm-hmm. i mean it's pretty pretty extensive but now if she's got this cat that's younger she's got options yeah. girls got options so you paw kellered you got with sheldon's we mom. just discussed things <laughs> it was nothing specific uh, um, are we gonna start vacationing over there yeah suddenly we're like you know oh and she's we'll be like we're gonna go uh here and she's gonna be like that's where sheldon lives and we're like uh yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah um but now with this younger gentleman, caller, caller, <laughs> caller. Don't, oh damn, go. that's good, that's real good. Yeah. This young younger gentleman, gentleman caller, um, she's got options. That's true. And I almost wonder, I'm like, should there be like a bachelorette for Mildred <laughs> if she's got multiple suitor options? Uh, There's only two. There's the catchlorette. Yeah. <laughs> what will she give instead of a rose? A can. A pate. Mm-hmm. She gives them a pate. Or those little, like, uh, like squeezy treats that they show all the cats eating. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, we could set that up, you know? If, <laughs> if there's any other um, eligible bachelors, catchlers, <laughs> um, let us know. Maybe Mildred could have a whole fucking spinoff on um, finding the love of her life. Yeah. But she'll never move out of her house, just so we're clear. <laughs> and she doesn't handle going outside super well. No, so. she doesn't go beyond Henry the Hedge which is our bush right by the front door. So, um, yeah. Um, so, last one, also about Mildred. How was Mildred's 18th birthday? How did she celebrate? <laughs> also, what are her thoughts on catnip? Is she a recreational person or a medical person? Her silence on this topic, topic is deafening. <laughs> so, we did not celebrate her 18th birthday since it was not her real 18th birthday. Mm-hmm. It was a little glossed over, I'll be honest. Yep. Since it was not real. We haven't heard from Cashmere. Nope. Um, although, like I said, there was that update on the Cashmere and, mm-hmm. you know, that whole thing. Yep. Um, so she did not celebrate. But her thoughts on catnip. She is very pro catnip. Mm-hmm. She doesn't care if you use it medicinally or recreationally. She's mm-hmm. like, do you. Yep. Pay your bills. <laughs> Go to your job. Do what but, you got to do. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, so she um, she was definitely, she got she was more progressive than me. I was late to the game. I was 30 years old before I got into human catnip. <laughs> I'm 33 now. Um, or was I 31? Anyways, I was much older. I was mm-hmm. very paranoid. I was always like, like mm-hmm. I was that kid in high school that I was not going to touch the nip because I didn't want to yeah. chance anything. And then at my job, because I drove a... Mm-hmm. district vehicle and i was yeah. a state employee i was like not even that like i would be high at work but i was always um because i never i would never i'm such a rule follower i'm such a fucking rule follower but my fear was always like if i got in a car accident in this car 
that's when they drug test you because they're trying to find any way to not have to cover you. Correct. You know what I mean? Like, that's mm-hmm. what happens. And I'm like, so then I'm like, they'll take my hair and it'll have marijuana in it and or catnip. I'm sorry. And I was like, and then they'll fire me. So I was always very, yeah, very cautious. So all of that to say, Mildred got into catnip before her mother got into catnip. <laughs> it's pretty good. I'm new to catnip in the last three years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was wild, like, even in our industry, like, I've just seen a lot of people that come in to work, you know, at different places I've worked, coming super stoned, or, it's just, I don't, that doesn't sound fun. Like, nothing we're, about that, that sounds, <laughs> yeah, like, even people that would, like, drink, like, on the job and shit, I'm like, that doesn't sound fun. Like, I want to be on my couch for all of those things. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now, I might be at work going like, man, I wish I could be doing this right now. But it's like, mm-hmm. I don't want to do it at work. Exactly. Yeah. It yeah. sounds awful. But Mildred, she does not on the job. Let's be real. <laughs> we always say that Mildred's job is um, keeping the gray, furry, and cute stocked. Mm-hmm. She's the security detail for like the crickets and the geckos. Mm-hmm. Um, she's a fur producer on this podcast she's neighborhood a pro- watch pro- she's a neighborhood watch so she runs the shipping department she runs the label the yes Sun. she um she oh, it is so funny i cannot turn on the printer if i turn on the printer she runs from anywhere she is in the house mm-hmm. she is very very she takes her job very seriously she is the label she is the um process uh labeling processing uh department lead yep She's always there for the label printing. Once I start actually like packing boxes, she leaves because she doesn't like the noise and the ruckus and whatever. Yeah. But um, so all this to say, but that doesn't mean. See, so this is what I'm telling you, Tim. You can be high at work like Mildred and still be a great employee. That's true. So don't ever. Just not in a kitchen. I'm sure there's some people that could be. I always say about the kitchen, it's not good because you're around things that are hot. You're around things that are sharp. You're around things that could seriously, seriously injure yourself and other people. And I don't want that in anywhere near my operation. I was naive a few times and did not realize some people were very Mm -hmm. at the times. And it was only later on that I was like, oh. Oh, (laughs) yep, yep. I was just naive. I was just like, whatever. Yeah, so Mildred is um, very um, progressive about catnip usage. Yep. No, Mildred. So that's like a little over half the questions, (laughs) but we've been here, what, two hours? Mm -hmm. So I think we're going to cut it off. It's been a a long one. That's what happens when you spend a half an hour talking about Tim getting a new job and, you know, (laughs) things. Um, So I think we're going to cut it off for now. We've talked about maybe since there's still some questions left, maybe we'll do a little one in mm-hmm. this break um just to finish up the questions and give you a little something in between so yeah. and we have a couple other ideas too i have an idea of um something special i want to throw together that i can post something special so we'll probably be back next week with a little one of a, some more questions mm-hmm. but it'll just be there won't be a state of the there won't be any like major talk probably just right putting out some questions and real short Mm -hmm. then maybe a little something special in the next week and yeah and then we'll talk about uh coming back for season three yep very exciting i feel like we're crossing a threshold we are in our podcast which is pretty exciting so thank you for joining us on the ride and sending your questions and as always keep uh communicating on instagram because i feel like that's my favorite way of interacting with our listeners or our users yeah (laughs) that's uh for people who don't know we added a disclaimer 
at the beginning of some of our early episodes talking about like basically just saying like yeah we fucking know our audio shit like sorry mm-hmm. like or whatever um and so then we got done when we were trying to do it tim kept saying users we got a lot We've of had a lot of new users. users and i was like listeners so then after we got done recording it i was like hit record again and then we added on a little thing at the end of me being like tim mm-hmm. kept saying he kept I saying was noodle souping all over the place <laughs> yeah. so anyways if you want to hear what we're talking about you can hear at the beginning of one of our early episodes yep so right. um yeah i think that's closing it out as always feel free to buy us a pickle find me at coffee.com slash digging up the dug you can send us an email at diggingupthedougars at gmail.com. You can interact with our episode visual posts and other shenanigans on Instagram at diggingupthedougarspod. Um, if you'd like to send us some more traditional mail, uh, that is P.O. Box 5973, Glendale, Arizona, 85312. For some reason, that reminded me. One of the things that we're going to do with this time off I'm very excited about. We finally settled on a scratch-off world map. Mm, yeah headed our way so on one of these nights at tim's off before he starts his new job we're gonna have some cocktails and we're gonna sit there and we're gonna fucking scratch the world maybe we'll maybe if we, even if we don't live it we'll we'll post some some content yeah mm-hmm. um i'm excited because back in the day like when we were kind of poor our idea of like a fun like date night was to buy some cheap scratchers. We'd pick up a bottle. We drank a lot of Sailor Jerry back in the day. I don't <laughs> drink it at all anymore. Not because I got sick off it or anything, but now I'm just like, I never want to have it again. It's very strong and like in flavor, you know. Um, so we used to drink a lot of Sailor Jerry and Diet Coke and play rock band. That mm-hmm. tells you exactly the era in which we were dating. Mm-hmm. And um, in between sets, we would like do a scratcher. Yep. So I feel like this is our adult version of that because now we're going to have cocktails at home and we're going to scratch off a world map of our co- podcast <laughs> listeners. And we can actually, our podcast users. There you go. <laughs> All right. We'll see you soon. <laughs>